0: And to help me preview Ring of Honor's Super Card of Honor, I brought on two very special guests. We have Voice Wrestling's Mr. ROH, Sean Sidor and the co the co-host, the host, the Wrestling host, Wrestling Omakase. Yeah, the, the only host, host Thank you. of Wrestling Omakase. Co-host. John Carroll. John, how's it going?
1: It's going good. Um, I've been, uh, you know, just doing the omakase thing, um, taking a little break from voice gate, but that's fine. I still have a podcast. So trying one podcast for a little while, you know, we'll see. It's
0: weird. As a man who does 15 of them, I can tell you just doing <laughs> one is, is weird. So I'm sure you'll get in <laughs> to some trouble here a little bit. But that's uh, John and, and Sean. Uh, welcome to the show as well.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, great to be on yet again and once again this year for another Ring of Honor preview. And I, I must say, I think this year's show, compared to last year's, does look a little better, I must say.
0: Yeah, but I would tend to agree as well. Uh, before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what's going on for Ring of Honor that weekend, I do want you guys to get your plugs out of the way. So, John, I'll start with you. Uh, plug away. Uh, Twitter accounts, the podcast, of course, and uh, anything else that's relevant.
1: Yeah, so I, obviously I host a little podcast called Wrestling Omakase. Um, by the time you hear this, we will have done an episode of live on the road from Strong Style Evolved, which I'm going to. So I'm going to have a bunch of guests on that. Probably I'm trying to wrangle up everybody. Uh, we did an episode with Chris Charlton from, uh, you know, from a lot of things actually, but m- mainly the author of Lions Pride and Eggshell, with uh, which got a lot of really positive views. We did a lot of episodes, so it's a rotating guest host podcast. We cover everything you can think of, but especially pure resu. Um, I'm sure you'll like it. If you check it out, it's at wrestle Omakaze, is the Twitter handle. You can find us on iTunes. So that's my big long plug. Good
0: stuff. And, uh, Sean, any of your plugs you want to get out of the way before we get, uh, get into ring of honor this weekend.
2: All right. So you can follow me on Twitter at S A S E D O R two nine nine four. Um, and you can go there. If you want to hear my thoughts on wrestling or whatever else, racing politics, occasionally you never know. Um, and then I guess you could just check out all of the various reviews that I've done on the Voices of Wrestling site, and I've done a lot of them just this year alone. So um, And hopefully, this, and I'm sure this will be another one, because I'll, I'll certainly be watching this show, so that this will certainly add to the total. Um, but yeah, just be sure to go check out all my stuff at VoicesofWrestling.com.
1: I'm glad Sean mentioned that, because I've, I've come across one thing that wrestling fans really love on Twitter. It's tweets about politics. definitely definitely doesn't ever cost me followers or anything Uh, I love those politics tweets
0: so I've always been curious how do your racing tweets do because I enjoy them a lot I don't know how many other wrestling fans enjoy them but but I always enjoy that do do you get like a lot of feedback or a lot of people or people get upset about you tweeting about racing or does nobody really care
2: um well there are I guess there's a very very small circle of wrestling Twitter that does interact that either favorites my tweets about the races or interacts with me um i know that um, oh gosh uh, g.r goldberg will um chime in occasionally but he's he's really the only one that i get into conversations with about racing uh i guess the, the venn diagram between wrestling and <laughs> racing fans is pretty small but no no i just you know i tweet about the races as i'm watching him and now that uh nascar started and IndyCar is started up again, and Formula One will have started again by this point. It's getting in that to that busy time of
1: year.
0: Absolutely, unfortunately, I think we we put John, uh, John to sleep. So,
1: <laughs> sorry. John, are you still with I'm, us? Sorry, right. I'm, we... I'm good. I'm good. Okay, good. When, we, I, when we, do I get we... to talk about Pop Team Epic final, final <laughs> episode this See, weekend?
0: There you go. So everybody, we got our racing, we got our we got everything out of the way. All right, so let's let's get Ring of Honor out of the way here. So they have a pretty big weekend coming up. It's it starts off 12:30. Uh, this is on Saturday, April 7th. So the main show, Supercard of Honor, is, of course, Saturday, April 7th, uh, 7.30 p.m. Uh, that's going up live with uh, TakeOver and Style Battle. Essentially, there's a little bit of an offset in terms of times. But for the most part, like, if you're there in New Orleans, you kind of have to decide between those. Uh, are, I guess I'll ask, are either of you going to New Orleans this year?
1: Uh, now. I picked. I had my choice. I picked LA. I don't. I don't regret my decision.
0: No, no, and it's also coming to your town like next year, so <laughs> there's yeah. really no. no I, I, no, I, no, I no.
1: might be in Japan during that.
0: Oh, you. <laughs> well, I was gonna. Say, well, can I use your apartment then? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: If if I didn't didn't have to sacrifice half my paycheck for student loans, I might consider it. But USA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's and there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff going on this weekend, but. Are you it, are you gonna go next year? Because you're not. Yeah, that I, I'm. I'm thinking of it. I'm. I'm definitely thinking of it. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Honestly, right now, my biggest concern is because it's you know it's going to be in New, the New York metropolitan area is just the transportation. So I know. Yeah, but, you, but are, I've seen
1: you. I've seen you in New York before, though. Right. So. Right.
2: Well, well, I mean, not so much getting there, but more. So wow. So so you know, because you know, like you know, I'm sure Ring of Honor is going to run the Hammerstein, and like the WWN stuff is going to be like on the other side of the river somewhere, maybe where they ran last time. So
1: see if they're, if they're smart, they're going to find something in Brooklyn. If it's this time, that's what I, that's what I would do. If they can find someplace in Brooklyn, that'd be the way to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That might be a good idea. I, cause I, I just remember, I think last time in New York, when they did the Evolve show, I know there were stories of, because I guess the show ran late, people had to leave the show early from our, for the ROH show. And, to top it all off, that ball show, I remember it being pretty bad. I've I, I never saw it, but I purposely avoided it because I've heard about how bad it was. But yeah, no, that, that's just my main concern. It's just, you know, in in a big place like New York City, just getting around and getting to shows on time. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot easier in a place like New Orleans. But
1: Well, in New York, if, if they stay within the city, it'll be fine. It's just fucking... Uh, if, Raleigh. Ask, <laughs> no ask, Raleigh, ask, Raleigh, New ask, Jersey, ask, please. Ask everybody to go to New Jersey. It'll be bad.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh, they
2: around here? Yeah. I, I love I love to be in New Orleans this year, but I'm definitely gonna try to go for all the festivities next year.
0: All right, so that's good. So, so, John, can Sean and I stay at your apartment?
1: No, I don't think so. Still
0: no. Okay, that's all right. All right.
2: I'll, <laughs> no. What if I get one more
0: person? <laughs> that we split. <laughs> that's okay. All right. Fair enough. That's fine. I tried. You know, shoot your shot, and it doesn't work. But anyway,
1: <laughs> but you, you guys don't want to be in my apartment anyway. It's so goddamn far from an attic.
0: Oh, really? Okay, then. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, I thought it'd be easy, but I don't want that. So, <laughs> all right. But uh, so that's Ring of Honor stuff. So we uh, we mentioned the Supercard of Honor going on at seven thirty. But before that. On Saturday, April seventh, and we do have to talk about this at twelve thirty. They are doing the Festival of Honor, and this takes place at the uh, is it U- the UNO uh, Lakefront Center, and that's where um, SuperCard of Honor is happening as well. Which is interesting. I don't know if you guys are aware of 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 where everything is in in New Orleans, but where is this in in conjunction to other stuff in other areas? Is it like near where a lot of the other stuff? Because it seems weird that like at twelve thirty you would show up to this thing. And then it's not till 7 thirty that you that, that the big show is happening. I don't know. Do they want people hanging around for seven hours or do you have any idea about the layout of new Orleans in, in, in that well, sense?
1: Well, the RH Champions panel starts at 445. so the thing is I guess they go. do.
0: yeah, I guess they do kind of watch it just like hanging around loitering. So I guess they're gonna have a bunch of stuff. I have no idea. Sean, have you heard of what they're I mean, what we're gonna talk about, they have a schedule here of some fun like little things and stand-ups that they're gonna do. but like in between these things, is there gonna be a lot of stuff to do? Is this like a mini access type thing that they're doing?
2: Uh, Just based on the description, it seems like it. Um, I mean, personally, if if I was going to New Orleans, I probably wouldn't hit this up because I'd be probably going to whatever shows there are in the morning or the middle of the afternoon, but I'm sure this will get a good turnout. Yes, yeah, so those, you know, for those fans who are really into ROH, it's going
1: up against some shows, right? That's
0: yeah, fun. yeah. Like, so progress is at twelve uh, on that day. You got pancakes and pile drivers, of course, at eleven a.m. You if you know, wake up early and get your pancakes. Uh, CCW, you know, that's gonna be at three p.m. Um, and then Shimmer. Uh, so not a ton. I mean, like, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't want to miss progress or you know maybe Pancakes and pile drivers, but um, yeah. other than that, there's not a ton. I thought there was actually a little bit more, so that might actually be a smart idea to say, like, hey, if you don't want to, you know, go to CZW or, or Progress or whatever, then come to our show because there's not a lot going on, or, or if you maybe want to take, like, two hours off of, of not watching wrestling this weekend, but why would you do that because you're in New Orleans for the rest of the weekend, so no, you're going to go yeah. to something, so probably not a bad idea, but the schedule is actually fascinating to see what they did here. I kind of initially put Festival of Honor on there and was like, alright, whatever, just kind of assuming, you know, it just be this little get-together they were going to do, but there's some really fun stuff going on on this uh this festival of honor so as i mentioned it's going to kick off at 12 30 uh free admission for anybody that has a ticket to supercard of honor so that's kind of cool that if you're going to supercard of honor you're in the area just stop in for this festival of honor uh we'll start off at 12 30 you got the bullet club panel
1: yeah i mean if i really <laughs> want to hear what uh actually you know what that's kind of interesting because are cody and kenny both gonna be on it
0: that's fat. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who's showing up for this. It just says the bull club battle. Have you heard anything, Sean, in terms of, of who's showing up? I mean, I'm sure hangman page will be hanging around if you want to talk to him, but I assume they're all going to be there. Right. I, like, I, I,
2: yeah, I, I, mean, I, I would, I would think so. Maybe. Yeah. I mean that, and I'm sure, you know, you'll get some good questions asked about being the elite. And I'm sure that like hearing the young bucks and them answer questions about maybe the behind the scenes stuff for the show might be interesting. Okay, wait, 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 wait a second though.
1: If Cody and Kenny are both going to be there, is this not going to be kayfabed, or are they just going to fucking fight? I don't oh, know because yeah. there's that's there's half point. these
0: things feel kind of kayfabe, and then the other half like feel like they couldn't be like that they might not be. So I don't know. They could be a kay. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
2: that's that's true. That's, that's true. It could be. They 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 could be filming something at the panel for being the lead for all you know. That's and true. Everything.
0: Yeah. And they, they really just use kind of Ring of Honor as their own vanity project, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Being the Elite stuff is going to be worked around there. So they got that at 1230. Well, it's also
1: uh, yeah. funny to me really quickly, though. It's like they call yeah, yeah. It the Bullet Club panel. It's not like the Being the Elite panel. Who the fuck is on this show that it, that's a Bullet Club but not the Elite? Like, it's not like <laughs> Flip Gordon's here. Or not Flip Gordon. It's not like Chase Owens is here or anything that you like, know i don't, of, I don't know uh, that's true. <laughs> I, I have no i mark I, I out for chase i showing up and being like i'm here for team caddy yeah
0: they're like okay chase <laughs> he's just like he'd like to like, get another chair that's like borrow a chair from somebody else like they didn't have enough chairs for him and he's got to like, just sit on the floor or something like that would be pretty good the one that i know that we are all looking forward to and it really makes me want to get down to new orleans for this at 125 <laughs> the kingdom's conspiracy town hall sean what the hell is this <laughs>
2: Um, well, I guess the Kingdom's thing is that they they claim that there is a conspiracy against them in Ring of Honor that I guess management or the higher-ups are against them and that they feel that they're getting screwed and, um, and, and of course, the, the as we'll talk about later, the six-man tag title match was originally going to be, uh, SoCal and Censor defending against the Kingdom, but again, as we'll talk about later, that got changed and the Kingdom isn't even in that match. So I'm, I'm sure that that will heavily play into what th- what this whole town hall thing is gonna be about. But uh yeah, yeah, it seems like they're all about conspiracies lately. They claim that there is a conspiracy against them. You
1: know, <laughs> whatever that means. Very, very nineteen ninety eight Chris Jericho of them. <laughs> I, what I what I just don't understand like when I saw this the first time, like uh, you know, the first time, I have to admit, I wasn't really I knew the car for Supercar of Honor. I didn't I didn't know what the that there was a scheduled Festival of Honor until Rich sent me this uh, this little doc here. And when I saw the kingdom conspiracy town hall, like, I think I laughed for like a solid minute. I was just like, we need to talk about this on the podcast because what exactly does a kingdom conspiracy town hall entail? Are they going to stand up there and take questions from the ring of honor fan base on the quote unquote conspiracy? Because that actually sounds awesome. Like, I think it'd be like, uh, yes, you, you over there in the Bullet Club shirt. Is there a conspiracy against us? There is. Like, okay, what's the follow-up question? Like, <laughs> right, what other questions are we going to have?
0: Right, we're talking about, like, the difference of, like, kayfabe hey, and, 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 and you know, real time. And this is one that's going to be interesting to see is, like, are they going to be full-on characters? Is, is the crowd going to sort of play into it? Is, is the crowd going to go against it? Like, this is going to be fascinating. That's why I definitely want to go and see them sort of try to play this out in front of this crowd that probably doesn't really going to be super receptive to them, but it could be a yeah, good who like, cares about Hey. Um, I don't know. I don't know who does anymore, unfortunately. But, uh, like
1: matt, i watched matt taylor and cody rhodes have a match on the uh on the left ring of honor preview where it sounded like the crowd was taking a collective shit <laughs> <laughs> like, but they were they were all there they just weren't their, their yeah, brains well, were in the bathroom matt
0: taylor can call people melvins for like 20 minutes and <laughs> get out of there and then we have <laughs> that should work because at 205 we have the women of honor panel and for people that haven't followed we're gonna talk about it here in a little bit but the women women of honor women of honor easier to say that, is, uh, is going to be they've been doing their tournament for the last uh, few months, and, and that's going to cap off now uh, at Supercard of Honor, but this is kind of a panel assuming it's going to be the final four people that are sort of in it, a little bit of a hype for uh, the upcoming show, but uh, what, do, what can we kind of expect? John, I'll start with you. What do you think you can expect here from the Women of Honor panel?
1: I don't know, but they a, first of all, they going to have a translator for Mayu? <laughs> Probably not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck Sumis- is she <laughs> supposed to do? Yeah. Sunisaki will be the translator. Oh, for- okay.
1: But um but yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess they can ask them, hey, uh what's it like to finally make a make an actual main show here? <laughs> and say let's <"Look," laughs> go off the off the main show of the anniversary show. I'm like, wow, really trying here, making them jerk the curtain on Facebook. But I don't know. What did you say about women of honor?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Any uh, any expectations for the women of uh,
1: honor?
2: Not really. We c- we can just move on. Yeah,
0: we'll move on. to The intimate afternoon, and this one I'm definitely looking forward to with Dalton Castle at 2:55. Mm-hmm. I hope That's there's a, a fireplace. Thing. I hope there's like <laughs> a little bit of brandy. Like I just want like him just like lounging and just not doing anything, not saying anything, just kind of hanging out and being Dalton Castle for like an hour. Because <laughs> like, what else do you do with Dalton Castle? Like, it's gotta just be you know him just hanging out, right?
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll have the boys, you know, set up as furniture, and he will have you sit on them. What the fuck. What? what? No, have you? Don Castle uses the boys as human furniture, so maybe. Why do you want? Why would you want the fans to do that? <laughs> I would hey, do it. He, he tried to get Jay Lethal to do it on TV. It's true. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: They're everyone's boys. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would I would I do got, it. I mean, yeah.
1: I'm not gonna sit on a person. <laughs>
0: Well, they're very strong yeah. people though they're, they're, they're the boys though they they can handle it
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I, more than about, anything
0: I just hope they're just like feeding him grapes like I, I want him just like in a fireplace lounging and then just being fed grapes for an hour and people are just like what the hell's going on here is this ever going to end and it will end at, at 345 because this I'm definitely looking forward to the best friends trivia challenge I hope this shows up on somewhere have they said Sean do you know if they've said if any of this stuff's going to sort of stream or air like they've been pretty good about Facebook live recently so I hope that a lot of stuff shows up on there but I don't know if they explicitly said anything yet
2: I mean, they haven't said anything, but I wouldn't see why you wouldn't stream something like this on Facebook Live. I mean, why not, really? But who knows? I mean, they did—they didn't stream any of the stuff from this uh, festival or last year, so that—that I—I feel like if I had to guess, I would say they're not going to stream anything. But. Again, they they easily could with Facebook.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So this one is the Best Friends Trivia Challenge. It's Beretta and Chucky T versus Colt Cabana and Ian Riccoboni versus Silas Young and the Beer City Bruiser. And that's taking place at 345. John, your prediction, who comes away victorious in the Best Friends Trivia Challenge? Now, do Um, we know, maybe real quick, sorry, before I get your predictions, this might educate you. Is this a trivia about the Best Friends or are the Best Friends hosting a general trivia challenge? Do we know that because that could that could determine uh, Cause if it's about them brought and Chucky e. T your favorites. They should know a lot about themselves. But um if it's just general trivia, who then would be your 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 favorites? I have a favorite. I hope uh you guys all kind of maybe think about it for a second of who you think would, would be. You got, if,
2: if it's if it's just general trivia, like about wrestling stuff, I feel like maybe Colt and Ian. Him, would yeah, no, right? that would yeah, be, yeah. be my pick. Oh, so. for sure.
1: But. If it's about the if it's about the best friends, then I I would assume the I'd hope the best friends. But you them. know what? But have you ever heard Beretta
0: talk? Like, there's a good chance that like it could be a question about Beretta, and he might get it wrong. So I don't know. There's there's I don't know any scenario where South and Beer City Brewers win a trivia challenge, regardless of what it's about. I, I just, <laughs> unfortunately, even if it's about beer, I feel like still somehow Ian and and, and Colt could probably pull it off because Ian's like Ian knows his shit. He he looks like. I, I don't know if anybody, like, I don't know if you've ever personally met Ian Riccoboni, but he strikes me as a guy that definitely goes to, like, bar trivia and definitely does well a lot, which is good. Like, that's me. I'm that type of person. But he strikes me as that guy who, because he kind of knows a lot about a lot of different things. So I feel like regardless of what the trivia is going to be, even if it's about the best friends, I feel like he has a pretty good chance to do it. I don't know if Silas and Bruce City Brizer have a, have, a, have, a, have a shot at, at this at all.
2: I mean I I know that I cause I remember hearing him plug on TV a couple times. I know that I, I guess Ian wrote actually wrote a book about the Phillies and I think it's on like Amazon somewhere. So I think it was like the 100 greatest Phillies ever. He actually wrote a book on that apparently. So obviously he's someone that knows a ton of stuff. So I I wouldn't be yeah he he seems like a guy who's kind of like a what's the word? He's he's very smart. He seems like a guy who would be really smart and would do really well in something like this.
0: You feel free to answer your phone if you want. It's not a big deal. You just have to put it on. <laughs> no, podcast, no, no, it's fine. No,
2: no, no you have to just fine. answer it live sorry, on I the
0: No, no you No, you just have to hit, <laughs> you have to hit speaker and answer. I oh, no, i joking.
1: Hello, mom. What do you think about the best friends Jimmy challenge?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who do they think is going to win uh, the best friends chivy challenge? Maybe that's a good question. We need someone to break the tie because we all chose Colton and, and, and Ian. But uh, so they finished off the festival of honor at 4:45, which you mentioned. Like, so we we were talking about, hey, what do you do? Do you hang around this arena for a lot? But if this is done at 4:45, presumably this goes. Was an hour the champions uh it's the ROH champions panel if that goes an hour you're at 545 you might as well just stay at the arena at that point <laughs> like you might as well come in and and get some concessions and hang out and chill a little bit so it's, it's kind of interesting that ring of honor's approach here of maybe just getting people to come to the arena early and spend money and, and buy shirts and buy merch and and buy a bunch of stuff so that's kind of interesting that they're doing this but uh, you got the ROH champions panel uh at 445 but let's get into the actual supercard of honor right now that's uh, again like I said Not the whole idea of this is Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah, you you were breaking up on my end. I thought you were done talking. My my apologies. Um, I was just gonna say that I, I feel like just in general, this whole festival of honor thing is just a a, a, a device to just keep people there and prevent oh, going maybe-
1: on the shows okay we lost sean for a second everyone's ago. breaking up all
0: right so we're good well we're gonna push through here but i think you said uh, just a device to kind of keep people at the shows
1: and keep yeah, yeah. buying
0: stuff like hey you gotta buy our you know four dollar five dollar drinks because you know you're here at the uh university of new orleans lakefront center so uh you're stuck but yeah it's, it's an interesting uh idea and we'll see if it pays off we'll see if it's pretty fun but i do hope that some of that stuff streams but let's get to the uh, the super card of honor itself uh as i mentioned saturday uh, april 7th of course seven thirty p.m uh going up against takeover and effectively style battle i think style battle starts at to six so you could you know do an hour style battle and then leave wow if you weren't gonna go to style battle you're probably you know i i don't know that like anything is gonna make you you know go to style battle so i i feel like it's maybe not going up against style battle i think that's pretty good to say but it is going up against takeover so that'll be pretty interesting to see the the split of fans there but um sean for people that don't know how can you watch the show if you're not gonna be live in new orleans what are the different options for watching the show
2: um. Well, it's actually interesting because you would think that this show is being broadcast as an actual pay per view. Um, but it's not. So as far as like, if you watching the show on Honor Club, I don't think you need to pay anything because it. I believe it's just listed as a live event on the website, so it won't be like the pay per views where you have to drop, you know, uh, whatever, however much money plus the discount. I think you could literally just turn on Honor Club and it you know, it should, you should just be able to watch it. because so I, again, I think it's just being presented as just a regular live event as opposed to being a actual pay-per-view. Um, so obviously, you know, honor clubs, the main place. Um, and I would imagine that fight TV might be broadcasting it as well. I'm not sure, but definitely honor clubs going to be the place to be. And I guess it is pretty cool that, you know, like, you know, it's, uh, you don't have to pay anything for this one, at least, Again, it's this isn't a pay-per-view like a traditional pay-per-view. It's just literally a live event that's being, you know, broadcast on our club. So you won't have to worry about paying anything as far as I'm aware.
0: I did see it on Fight TV, so I believe you can watch it on there. And I know Fight TV is doing yeah. a pretty big package as well of like uh, you can buy a bunch of the streaming stuff on there. So yeah. definitely check that out if you're kind of not quite sure uh, how it's going to work on Ring of Honor wrestling. Which join the club because a lot of us have uh, trouble, yeah. even people that are you know devoted Ring of Honor fans have trouble uh, sort of figuring out where some of this stuff ends up. But I know the Fight TV is doing a big package. I don't know if the Ring of Honor is included in that, but uh, there was one that definitely for all the wwn stuff where for like 89 or, or, or 80 or whatever you could buy like eight or 10, eight or nine shows or whatever. And I, I don't. Don't know if Ring of Honor is included in that as well, but definitely check out Fight TV uh, for that. So let's uh, let's go over this card here real quick. Um we have the winner of honor title. We got the tournament final and the semifinals. So, uh, John, let's kind of start with you. You have Kelly Klein. And uh, what can you tell us about maybe let's break down the four of these because we got the first matchup sort of coming up. And and, and we obviously will not know the finals until we see how the semifinals break down. Uh, but what are you thinking about the four that are sort of left in the women of honor? And, and who, in your mind, do you think probably has the best chance of sort of emerging as women of, women of honor champion?
1: I mean, I, so it, to me, if, if I was booking this, I would put Kelly Klein over because she's kind of been the one you've put as your homegrown woman star all this time. And, you know, she had that long undefeated streak and everything. It just makes the most sense to me to have her win. Uh, not that I'm a huge Kelly Klein fan or anything, but I think she's she's perfectly acceptable. I don't see why you can't do it. Um, I don't. I don't think Sumi Sakai has any chance anyway. No. <laughs> um, no. So it's either going to be Klein or Tennille Dastard because I, I don't know about getting enough dates from Mayu to be champion. I guess it's possible, but I would assume it's going to be Kelly or Tennille. I, I, I would do Kelly. I think they're going to do Tenille. That That's basically how I what I see here. But I mean, I would do Kelly winning and have Tennille chase her for a while. Am I saying that right, Neil? Is it to I don't even know.
0: I've always said Teneal, so I hope it's nah, Tanel.
1: That's it's what I'm going with. So. Tenille, but, I think. but yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. I'd have Kelly win and then I have Tanil Chase, but I think they're just gonna have Tanil won.
0: Uh, Sean, where do you where do you sit with the uh, the prediction with the last four that we have in the winner of honor uh, tournament?
2: So as they already mentioned, I think the the winner of the Sumi Sakai Tim match is pretty much set in stone. I mean I'm even i I'm honestly I was shocked that Sumi Sakai even got this far. Um, she felt like someone that would, I, would m- maybe make it out of the first round but then lose in the second. But the fact that she made it this far is actually kind of surprising. Um, but I, honestly, I think that the winner of this tournament is really going to depend on who wins that um, Kelly Klein mayu iwatani match. Um, obviously, as John already alluded to, uh, Kelly Klein is out of, out of these four – has sort of been the one that's been the most pushed in ring of honor. She's sort of the homegrown talent and she's been pretty much undefeated. Uh, she did have a loss a singles loss via countout but she hasn't actually been like pinned, been like pinned or submitted in ROH yet. Um, but at the same time I could reasonably see a scenario where maybe Iwatani could win at least that semifinal match because I, I feel like it would be weird if they just brought her in. To because and, and just for reference, the semifinal matches are going to be on the pre-show, which I assume is going to be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be it, to me, it would be strange if, because obviously, out of the out of the Japanese competitors in the tournament, I think Mayu Utani. I mean, I don't know much about Japanese women's wrestling, but I, from what I can gather, I think that Mayu is the biggest name of the ones that were in it. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it, it would be weird for her to just come in and then just lose on the pre-show match in the semifinals. So I, I feel like there is a shot that she could make the finals. Um, so, so basically I think if, if Mayu Iwatani wins the, against Kelly Klein, I think then, well, then I think Tenille will win if it's Tenille versus uh, Mayu. But if Ke- Kelly Klein wins, then I would agree with John. I think Kelly Klein would beat Teneel Dashwood. But you never know; you, they, they could put Teneel Dashwood over, and I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, she does have that you know the former WWE superstar thing about her. Then it it would be nice to see them put it on a homegrown talent like Kelly Klein. But I think Teneel would be a would would be a good decision as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, honestly, I think it could go either way, but I really think that semifinal match t- between uh, Mayu and Kelly Klein is going to determine who wins the tournament.
0: Yeah, I, I, I see three. I mean, obviously, there's only three. I mean, we don't have to really talk about Sumi anymore. <laughs> She's just you know there to. to hey, so I saw,
1: saw him over the center last month in a mall in New Jersey. Yeah,
0: so that's. Is <laughs> <laughs> cool? Uh, but like of the three that are remaining, it, it's and Kelly Klein is obviously your homegrown one, and that would be a. a, a have her whenever you need her you can have her on all the tv you can have her on on different shows and whatnot my is a little interesting because I, I don't like john said i don't know how many dates she has in in america or in ring of honor but then there's also the other cachet of maybe she goes you know and defends it other places and by goes, the
1: way she she might be the one of stardom champion at this point because yeah right she had, right she had a title shot the week before so that might also affect it right
0: and that would seem kind of weird i also have her have that title but like if she doesn't win that maybe she goes over to stardom and and defends the women of honor title there and that maybe there's some cachet that they're thinking but i don't know if stardom really needs to do that on their own like RH i'm sure would enjoy that but i don't know if stardom really needs that but i think that's something they can think about of hey like you know if she has it there's a little prestige because you know sean mentioned and and john you sort of confirmed that she's probably the biggest name of anybody that sort of came over so putting it on her is 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 a big kind of prestige thing so that that's interesting in terms of you know internationally and people are going to kind of recognize that and then of course teniel is like your big sort of Mainstream audience person. Like, you give it to her, and like, people, you know, WB, former WWE wrestler Emma is, you know, the ring of honor women. of. So it, it's interesting in that sense where you have three different people that could probably win in three different sort of scenarios where, you know, Kelly Klein is obviously the homegrown one, and it sort of makes a lot of sense for her to, to get it. Daniil is the, you know, we want people to write about it and tweet about it and maybe talk about it a little bit because it's like former WWE wrestler Emma. And then might is sort of the international prestige one of like, hey, look who's our champion. Like, that's kind of cool. So I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I guess we're coming at it with, where, you know, there are three legit. Possibilities for winning this. And that's kind of cool in, in that sense where, you know, I don't know that there's a clear cut, oh, it's definitely going to be X. Like we know one person yeah. who it's not going to be, but the other three, all I think you can make reasonable cases for. And, and, and nobody would really argue now that.
1: Well, I was the only one of the three that could win. And be able to have Ring of Honor be able to say, like, you know, our women's champion has a legitimate claim to be the best Right, wrestler. right, right.
0: So there's a little prestige to that thing. And, yeah. and, and I guess, you know, given how the title sort of been built so far, it might not be a bad idea to sort of give it to one of those people and be like, hey, look, like, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world holds our title. That's kind of cool. It's not, you know, because right. mm-hmm. a lot of people in the tournament start are like, oh, this is going to Brandy or, you know, like, like that sort of thing. And it's instead, it's like, no, look, you know, this awesome wrestler, one of the best in the world has our title. That's kind of cool, isn't it? You know, so regardless of the fact that she can't show up to every show and is maybe not going to have a ton. But given how this title sort of been booked, I, I, I wonder if that's not necessarily the biggest thing in the world that you know can't be defended every single night because I don't know that they were going to do that anyway. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting there. But I, I like that there's sort of three potential chances there. So you know, as, as Sean said, the semifinals are going to air on Facebook uh, live on the pre-show and then the, uh, the tournament final will be on the show itself. But uh, regardless of what the matchup is, it should be pretty fun uh, to check that out as well. Uh, Kenny King versus Silas Young. Last man standing match for the ROH title um, oh sorry, TV title show- oh TV title sorry did I say world title dear god that
1: would be the worst <laughs> can, can I ask what the yeah, fuck was yeah, the point it's, of- it's- what was the point of Austin Aries showing up at the 16th anniversary show if he wasn't going to be in this title match anyway like yeah I, I was I, I was kind of
2: expecting that match to be on the show but then he wasn't at the tapings so it was, it was kind of weird Um, I'm <laughs> like, guessing he's in
1: town he's a, he's a fucking impact yeah, isn't he I-
2: yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see a scenario where maybe he shows up on the show and then th- this match is maybe is just sort of the end of the Kenny King-Sows Young feud and then he just ends up challenging the winner or whoever the winner is. Well, um, God,
1: God knows we needed a, a full conclusion to the... <laughs> your candidate of Kenny King versus Silas young.
0: What was I thinking? Uh, Sean, for people that don't maybe know what's kind of been going on with these two guys, because they've been bouncing the title back and forth. They've been feuding for a while, maybe just a quick little primer for people that maybe are just jumping into the show for the first time. Maybe they don't have not watched ring of honor in a few months. What's sort of been the, the feud between these two.
2: So Silas won the title from Kenny King in a four way elimination match at final battle. That also had a uh, punishment Martinez and Shane Taylor, and it was actually an interesting situation because King was actually eliminated second after uh, Silas used a beer bottle on him behind the referee's back, which seems kind of weird. Cause four ways are normally no disqualification, but that's beside the point because Silas did win the championship. Um, and I was I was actually really looking forward to ha- seeing Silas have like a solid run with the title because I actually thought he had a really good twenty seventeen, and with the the Jay Lethal feud, it seemed like they had really done a lot of work to elevate him up the card but then it his reign only lasted like a month maybe six or seven weeks and he just lost it back to kenny king which i thought was a very uh, head-scratching decision it just seemed like they were taking a a step back with silas but i i think after austin aries came out at the 16th anniversary show i think i understood king getting the title back a little bit more so i guess the idea of King, a uh, potential Kenny King Austin Aries match, is that they do have a history. Because uh, when Austin Aries was the world champion for the second time, he sort of had a uh, Kenny King and Red Titus as his sort of lackeys, and that was that run as his lackeys sort of led to the All Night Express getting elevated up the card back in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, but as as far as Kenny King Silas Young goes, I again, uh, they've had a couple matches already. The, 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 they've they've been they've been fine. They've been good. Uh, nothing like you know. Obviously, not nothing extraordinary. But I I would assume that this Last Man Standing match will probably be the best match that they've had. You know, they'll have the option to use weapons and whatnot. Uh, so I I, I I think this will be. I, it's not a match that I'm necessarily looking forward to. But I think when it's over, it it will surprise people in the sense they'll be it'll be better than they think it will be. But that's not to say it'll be, oh, my God, this amazing match. It'll just be, you know, it'll be pretty good, I'm sure. Um, Silas has usually been really good in these kinds of matches. And Kenny King is Kenny King, but we'll we'll see how he does.
0: Uh, John, any strong thoughts on Kenny King, Silas Young? Absolutely not. Okay, we'll move on here to a match that definitely is pretty interesting. I'm I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this one, perversely. Uh, the Briscoes uh, versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Jay Lethal for the ROH tag title. So Hiroshi Tanahashi and Jay Lethal, your future tag champions. John, is that a possibility? Probably not, no. no not at all.
1: Uh probably not but that would be <laughs> that would be awesome though. I'm kind of
0: into that. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. That.
1: But, I mean it's not going to happen. But, I wouldn't bet on it. No, do not the bet. Frisco, on it, but... The the wrestlers have to like redeem themselves here like if they can't have a good match with Hiroshi Tanahashi then that's we're starting a bad streak here cuz I don't I don't know what the hell that match was with the most machine guns at the anniversary show but like that took place in some kind of weird alternate reality where like both teams are terrible. Which I don't, I, I've never seen that reality. Bizarro
0: World Motors and Machine Guns, who just yeah. like are bad. <laughs> like, yeah, no, just, they've
2: never been bad ever. Like, except they for, wrestle
1: like nothing in front of a dead ground.
2: Yeah. I, I doubt
1: the got a dead here, so I don't have.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that pay per view match was just a one off bad match. And, and, and I'm sure this match will be pretty good because it's, you know, it's when you look at the guys involved, I mean, there, there's no reason it shouldn't be really good
0: i move on here to Hangman Page versus Kota Ibushi. and so that's kind of an interesting build to this one. And and Hangman Page found himself kind of in the middle of the Bullet Club turmoil because he he sort of kickstarted it by asking for a title shot. And he sort of got caught in this whirlwind a little bit. But uh, they've been promoting Hangman Page a lot on Being the Elite. He's starting to feel like he's got a little bit of buzz for the first time in, in what really honestly feels like his entire career. But uh, this is a pretty big hey, moment hey, for hey, Hangman hey. Page. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
1: John. He could be the IWGP United States Champion here.
0: That's true. By the so time, the week, yes, right. A week after
1: he challenges Jay White and Long Beach. Now he won't be, but. Or two weeks after, I should say. You're, you're going to sound
0: really stupid, John. This is coming out later. You know, <laughs> people are going to be like, this idiot. They, of course, won it in the in the greatest match of all time. Hangman all right. Page versus Jay White and Strong Style Evolve. So, you know, it's, you're going to see. But, no, yes. Yeah, so we got uh, Hangman Kotobushi. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you. Thoughts on, on this match and sort of the build towards it? This is a, a pretty big moment for Hangman Page against Kotobushi. I think he's, he's probably feeling pretty hyped about it. And let's hope he, he can deliver to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess... When it comes to Kodobushi coming into ROH, I don't think that in, in in at least in my mind, thinking of potential opponents, I don't think Adam Page was high on my list initially. Um, but then when when it was announced, it, it, it did make more sense. Obviously, you know, him, Heyman Page has been really involved in this whole Bullet Club turmoil stuff that was already mentioned and alluded to, um, and he's sort of Cody's uh, right hand man, as it were, on on Team Cody. So I guess Coda going up against Hangman Page here does does make sense. And uh I I guess this has the potential to be the best match of Adam Page's career. I mean, Kota Bushis, I mean, what what, what else is there to say about him? I mean, he's a he's an exceptional pro wrestler. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure I I would be surprised if this is not the best match of Adam Page's career. But we'll see. I I I think Alan Page, Adam Page will definitely step up here. A yeah,
1: I, don't, I don't have any problem saying Paige has been pretty damn good.
2: Yeah. Oh I no. Agree. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. He's he's definitely been good. Uh. But I, I I was just saying that I think this could be the this could be the best match
1: of his career. W- would, would, would you? I, yeah. I don't think I'm, I don't I'm not sure if like fifth from the top or, or whatever, it's going to get enough time to really be the best match of Paige's career because I, I I do think he's had. I mean that one with Jay Briscoe of all like really yeah. stands out mm-hmm. for me. I don't know if it's going to top that one, but um. If given the time, it could definitely get there. It could. Um, Kota Ibushi might, if if there's a balcony, Ibushi will try to jump off.
0: (laughs) That's, uh, I mean, and I think that's sort of, uh, I guess a little bit of what Sean was saying. That's sort of how I I think about this match as well, is that Heyman Page feels like he's on a moment and and, and sort of on a trajectory where this is like his hottest year it's the most that anybody's really cared about him and, and it feels like his biggest you know publicity year and stuff and, and that's good he's been busting his ass and and kind of working to that point too so you know he's gonna have 110 percent. and the other side of the ring is kotobushi who like in if it was a match with five people in attendance he would still find a way to like still have a good match and still jump off the balcony so somebody is definitely jumping off a balcony i think because like page likes to do it as well so like that seems like it's gonna happen but yeah i'm definitely looking for that just to see because these are two all-effort guys so you hope that when it's all said and done, even if it's not a great match, even if it only got 10 minutes or whatever, you know that both dudes busted their ass to go out there and have a pretty fun thing and, and, and do as much as they could in those few minutes that they had. So that, that's something that I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing that. But I think it's all effort. And, and in terms of a winner, John, who, who do you think uh, is coming away with this? I feel like Kotobushi probably has to win, right? Like there's no way yeah. that it does a job, yeah. right?
1: No, no,
0: no. And Sean, you would agree as well. Uh, coach, yeah,
2: yeah. Kodoboshi is Co- Co- isn't losing here.
0: Uh, this match, I'm definitely looking forward to, and I, I'm, I'm kind of curious on both your guys' thoughts here. Tomohiro Ishi versus Punishment Martinez. John, I'll start with you. Thoughts on Ishi uh, and Martinez? Hopefully, it's better I'm than seeing, the Saberano, <laughs> Saberano match. But. You
1: know, I'm I'm less high on both these guys than most people. Um, you know, Martinez is cool. I don't I, I don't really get why everybody's so big on him. I, I didn't like those Go matches last year as much as everybody else. He's he's fine um and and ishii you know i he's very good i he's just not my type of wrestler i guess like he's not someone i get behind the way the rest of the internet gets behind so why do you
0: hate tomohiro ishii so much yeah why do you hate true. him so much yeah i,
1: I just i'm just not a, i'm not the person kind of person who cheers for him i guess but <laughs> i'm cool I, they, I just love watching the internet lose its like collective shit yeah. every time he loses a big match. I'm just like, well, this so, is what he, this is what Ishii has been for like the past five years, yeah. and everybody still like clutches their perils Like, oh, he lost in the first round of the New Japan Cup. It's like, like other than like one cup of coffee with the never title, it's like he's never been above a certain level, and, I, and the internet still gets surprised like every single time. It's quite, it's quite something. But like that's why he's an underdog. Everybody, he's going to lose a lot. <laughs> that's kind of essential to the being an underdog part. So keep with that theme. I think he's going to lose here.
0: Uh, John, what are your, or, uh, Sean rather, what are your thoughts on, on Ishii versus Pushman Martinez? You don't hate Tomer Ishii like John does and think he sucks. So <laughs> despise uh, him <laughs> <laughs> I despise and think he's the most overrated and the worst wrestler in the world. So uh, what are your thoughts? on this one?
2: <laughs> Well, just think about it now this actually, this match invokes a lot of, for me, a lot of memories of, the, the G1 matches that Ishii would have against the likes of Lance Archer or Davey Boy Smith Jr. or even even someone like Bad Luck to an extent because he's going in there against someone who is, you know, Ishii's usually the one that's used to, like, bullying people around in the ring sometimes in his matches depending on, you know, who he's facing. But like those matches against, like, Archer or Davey Boy Smith and even Folly, this is a situation where he's going to be, you know, going up against someone that's bigger than him. And not only that someone who's, you know, bigger than him, but someone who actually like is more mobile than say your bad luck folly or your Lance Archer or your Davey Boy Smith jr. I mean, Punchman Martin- Martinez is able to like hit dives that ACH usually hits. So he's definitely going to be a, he's, he's going to create an, inter- an interesting challenge for Ishii. And I'm actually really excited to see how this match plays out. Um, it's, Obviously, definitely a big opportunity for Martinez. And even though I don't think he's going to win, it, it should still be very good.
0: All right, so move on to uh, kind of the, the meat of the entire show. We got uh, the last three matches, I think, definitely um, all have their their chance to be really good or at least really newsworthy. This one, uh, Sol Calen Censored versus the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon in a ladder match for the ROH six-man titles. Sean, what the hell can we expect with this match other than Flip Gordon doing lots of flips and the Young Bucks doing equal amounts of flips?
2: Well, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a pretty insane match. I mean, and and, and I think a, a big reason for that is that you've got a bunch of guys in there, specifically the Young Bucks and the guys in SoCal Uncensored, you know, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio's guy. You know, th- those guys know each other so well. And, and I, I've said this before in some of my reviews of Ring of Honor shows, but Every time the Addiction and the Unbucks get in there, it's usually going to be very good to great almost every single time uh, just because they know each other so well. So in a situation like this, I feel like they have a lot more opportunities to do more crazier stunts, if that makes sense, because they're in there with people who they know very well and they trust very well. So when, they, you know, when they're putting the match together and they decide to do, oh, this crazy stunt, they have faith in you know, who they're working with, that they're going to be able to pull off the stuff because they, they have that faith and that trust in those guys because they, you know, like I said, they, they've they known each other for so long and they, they you know, know each other like the back of their hands, practically, I would imagine. Um, so this should be pretty crazy. Um, Flip Gordon being in, a, in there, um, I think he's a guy who's kind of hit and miss. Um, <laughs> Do you think? Th- Yes, I mean, sometimes I mean like like Rich, like when you were at Global Wars in Chicago, like that match he had with Will Ospreay was incredible. Yeah, right, right. Incredible match. And then you'll have stuff like uh the three-way he, that Gordon was in at Honor Rising where he <laughs> definitely had some uh rough moments in that match. Um and I think this is the first at least to my knowledge this is the first ladder match he's ever been in. So, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um and obviously, you there's the storyline in in this match with you know uh, the Unbucks have been befriending Flip Gordon more on being the elite. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the result of the match. I would think that the that SoCal and Censored will retain just because they have just won the titles at at the most recent pay per view. Um, but if the Unbucks and Flip Gordon did win, that would be very interesting, and obviously would add a whole new wrinkle to the whole being the elite stuff. But Regardless of the result, this should be pretty crazy. And uh, out of the out of the two ladder matches that are uh, occurring on the dueling cards of ROH versus NXT, I would definitely put my money on this one being the better of the two. Just What's based the on is, What is a ladder match on NXT? I don't even know. It's a uh, it's a they're so they're creating a new title called a North American Title. Oh. Uh, so I guess it's sort of an NXT mid card belt. And I think I've, from what I know, I think the lineup for that match is Ricochet. Uh Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, uh with the former uh oh, I forget his indie name, but Killian Dane from Sanity. Uh Wolverine Dream is in there. Uh, uh I, I, I guess I, Adam I guess Adam Cole Adam is supposed Cole's to be in there. there? And then
0: EC three. So not yeah, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah it's not great. <laughs> there's yeah. like a lot of big guys um, and then Ricochet and Volvate Dream.
1: But this match I I have to say not also does not interest me. I'm not a not a big uh, spotty ladder match fan, so I'm sure if you like people doing dives off things and going through tables, you'll enjoy it. But I'm uh, I'm anti fun. So yeah,
0: you are terrible. You get off this, Sean. Yeah. Sure but uh, uh, there's some fun stuff coming up. I'm sure you'll be hyped on. But uh, the, the, Sean, I quickly. This and how it's going to relate to last year's ladder match. You talked a little bit about it, but do you think that last year's is is, is going to? Of course, I'm talking about the Young Bucks. The Hardy's one of the really really fun matches from the the, the weekend uh, last year's WrestleMania weekend. Any chance that this one is better than that one? I mean, you said there was some little bit more you know ideas of, of of guys being a little more comfortable with each other and whatnot. I, I don't know. I really like that match last year, so I have a tough time believing this year could be better. But I don't know. Do you do you do you think it does have the chance to be better?
2: I, I think it does, and and again, like I mentioned previously, I think it's the fact that you do have guys in there, specifically maybe a little less Scorpious guy, but more so the Unbucks and the Addiction. Yeah. Uh, just because they know each other so well. I mean, I, I loved the Unbucks-Hardy's ladder match last year, and it, and it was, the, uh, in my opinion, the ROH match of the year in 2017. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that the ladder war from 2016 uh, towards the end of that year, which had the Unbucks, the Addiction, and the motor same machine guns I did think that match if I had to compare it to I thought that match was a little bit better just because it had more of that it had more of that danger factor just because beforehand they were talking about oh we want to we want to top the TLC matches from you know the WWF in 2000 2001 so going in it had that danger element and then with all the some of the crazy things they did in that match um, it, it it certainly lived up to that hype so I I don't know if it's going to be better than those two matches. Um, there's a chance it could be. Um, if I if I if I had to put money on it, I I think this match will be maybe a, a slight notch below those matches. But you, you never know. I I still think this match will be great regardless. But uh, it again, if I had to put money on it, I would say that this match maybe falls like just a slight notch below those matches. Which you know that that's not saying much because it. I'm basically still saying it's going to be an awesome either way. So,
0: uh, then we have the final two matches here. This is the Ring of Honor title, which I don't know which one's main eventing. I, I assume that the final match we're going to talk about is going to main event. So, this one will probably be the semi main, uh, but it is the ROH title. It's Dalton Castle defending the title against Marty Scroll. And Sean, I'll maybe start with you and then get to, to John. Uh, thoughts on uh, the kind of the build towards this and, and, and how you think it's going to be in terms of a, a match quality and, and how hyped the crowd is going to be for it as well.
2: Well, interestingly, I, I was actually thinking about this in the other day, and, and this match actually has a very unique parallel to the NXT title match that's happening, obviously on Takeover, uh, because in both situations, the challenger in both situations, so Marty Skrill and Alistair Black, actually defeated the current champions in their respective debuts for the company, for their you know respective companies, because uh, last year Takeover in Orlando. Alistair Black defeated Andrade Almas in the and I think one of the opening matches of that takeover in his NXT debut, and then it's interestingly enough, Marty Skrull's ROH debut, his first match in ROH, was actually against Dalton Castle, and he beat Dalton Castle. So I, I think it's interesting that those two matches sort of have a very similar story going into them. But uh, yeah, I, I I think this match has the potential. I don't know if it'll be match of the night, but I do think it has the potential to be. Uh, great. I mean, Dalton Castle, I, I, at least in my opinion, he's coming off the best match of his career that he had with Jay Lethal at the 16th anniversary show. Um, and when it comes to r- big Ring of Honor shows, I feel like Marty Skrull, saying what you will about him, I mean, some people do have their different opinions on him, but I think in Ring <laughs> of Honor, in Ring of Honor, when it comes to a big match on a big show, Marty Skrull rarely fails to deliver. Marty So, fun. You know, <laughs> I, I I do think this will be a really good match um, and I think the result is going to be very interesting because I definitely think that Skrull should be Ring of Honor champion at some point, though I don't think this is necessarily the right time because I feel like Castle needs a little bit of a... I would like for Castle to at least have a little bit of a longer run with the title and then maybe Marty wins it down the line, but um, I'm really torn personally as to who's going to win, but
1: that's just my views on it. So I I like Marty Skrull as a fucking dipshit. That's why I like him as. I like him as this idiot who doesn't understand why nobody takes him seriously on um you know, on, on being the elite, going mm-hmm. around trying to get Joey Ryan's penis to join the villain club and everything else <laughs> that he's doing lately. But, <laughs> but like as far as like a serious in wrestler, I could really uh take or leave him. But Dalton Castle has been so good lately, I have confidence that this match will be pretty good. So um, as for who's winning, I would assume Dalton. I mean, do you, is, are we at the point where it just doesn't matter like who the Ring of Water World Champion is and the champion could be the guy who, as I just said, was trying to get Joey Ryan's penis to join his new, <laughs> new <laughs> right. fake unit? Like, yeah, was, I, he's, he's promoted <laughs> such a fucking idiot on being the elite. It'd be like putting your world title on... I don't know, like gold dust in the middle of a stuttering gimmick or something. It's just, yeah, I, that's, I feel well, like, that's
2: interesting though. Yeah, because go ahead, go ahead, at John. least on. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no. At go least ahead. on. Yeah, at least on Ring of Honor TV. Really, since if you if you don't watch Being the Elite, which I don't know why, but if you don't watch Being the Elite and just watch, you know, Ring of Honor TV, then really since Final Battle, they've really, at least from what I've seen, they've really done a good job of making. Scroll as a, like a serious contender, like constantly asking for title shots and, and constantly inserting himself into the title picture. So at least if you're just, I mean, obviously his being the elite persona is more, uh, it, it's it's a lot different than what you actually <laughs> oh, see on TV. Yeah.
1: But at least just I, again, just based. Can on I pose the- a question to the two of you? Yeah. How many people watching the show do you think just watch Ring of Water TV and not being the elite? And how many do you think watch just being the elite and not Ring about TV? Oh I, bet, I, I I bet it's the the, the race is very close.
0: Oh no you're probably yeah you're probably not yeah. wrong at all.
1: So I don't know. So like it's just funny to me for a match like this where the main event is built up almost entirely out of the one angle on being the elite and new Japan television that your semi main involves a guy who is basically being the elite's like you know he's a joke on being the elite like look, Yeah the, and that's sort of yeah. the, that's
0: yeah. kind of the advice that they've gotten with being the elite which is actually uh, kind of a uh, really a testimony to how much they've really done and and really like with that show and how cool it's been is like you can kind of pick and choose and there's an idea of like okay this matters this doesn't matter quite as much this really does matter this is kayfabe this is not kay it's very interesting and that's sort of when you watch the show you kind of have to do your own little math and, in a way to decide okay right. this yeah. kenny cody thing okay this is real and this is and this matters and but like the marty thing okay that's just kind of a joke and that can kind of go on or like the the flip gordon stuff is kind of a joke and kind of go on but then sometimes that plays into it but it, it's really how they've been able to do that and some stuff matters some stuff doesn't some stuff should matter and to be taken seriously and some other stuff shouldn't so it's it's very unique how they've sort of uh, been able to do that and sort of meld that together because i'm with you like if you just watch being the elite you think martin scroll is a giant joke or whatever but then if you watch the roh tv like Sean said they've been building them up pretty well so uh yeah it, it's unique so yeah if you only watch being the elite you're probably like well, what's why is this fucking loser getting a title shot or whatever but when we give on our tv they've done a great job so yeah it, it, it'll be interesting to see how the crowd uh, sort of reacts to that. But uh, Sean, I'll, I'll kind of pose it to you. Cause, cause John kind of asked a little bit as well. Uh, percent chance that, that Marty wins the title here. I, I think you and I both agree that Dalton probably should hold on to the title, but in your mind, if you were kind of predicting or betting on this, what would the percentage be uh, of
2: Marty winning?
1: Um,
2: just because I, I would prefer castle retained personally, I would put it at 60 at sixty forty 40 for Dalton, retaining just because i i really do feel like that marty Skrull, at least this more serious side of marty Skrull, is totally world championship material at least in ring of honor and i do think that at some point this year they should put the title on him but again i i think that on this show it seems too early to end castle's reign but at the same time they're going to have a massive audience in that building. Right. So if, if there was a good time to change the title, it might be here in front of your largest crowd ever. But I, honestly, I, I would go 60-40 Dalton, but I can honestly see this match being a coin flip. It could really go either
1: way.
0: Uh, and then the main event, which I'm assuming will go on last. and it's you didn't probably. ask me my prediction. Oh, well, yeah. I, well, who's your prediction then, sir? I'm sorry. Dal-
1: Dalton's going to win.
0: There it is. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I was well see, I was gonna have you go first here now. Maybe I don't know, but now so, uh, <laughs> the beta feds, Kenny Omega versus Cody John. This is the one that I think of all matches this weekend, this is one that's definitely sticking out to me. Definitely want to have a little, you know, a highlighter on, a little star next to you of one that I'm definitely going to be able to watch and, and definitely will be newsworthy. And and one of the biggest matches of this entire weekend. What do what are you expecting? What do you think we should expect? And what do you think is going to happen in the Kenny Omega versus Cody match at Supercard of Honor?
1: So, first of all, i it's a little hard to answer because we still have two weeks of like being the elite before we get here. And that show has been like you know, completely essential to the build here. I mean, right. basically the entire build for this match, other than those two on rising shows and the initial angle that took place on the new beginning and Osaka show, which by the way, if you have not seen the DDT parody, they did that angle. You, uh, I have to say to the listeners, make sure you run out and do that. Like it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, <laughs> I'm back on topic. These, um, other than those two angles, it's taken place entirely on being the elite. It's been built up on being the elite. It was announced on being the elite via a Nick Jackson premonition <laughs> of all things. Um this this match is a being the elite match and it's main eventing, you know, at at worst the third biggest show of this weekend. You know? So like I mean that's attendance-wise it could end up being the second biggest. So I think that's a, a huge success for both uh, Cody and Kenny. Uh, the The idea of wrestlers promoting themselves in general, I think that has to be uh, commended for sure. Um, as far as what I am expecting from the match, I'm expecting a really good match. Um, you know, Cody isn't always the smoothest of workers, but he he had a you know a match that I w- I went and gave four and a quarter with Kota Ibushi, so I don't at the wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom, so I don't see why in a main event slot here with Kenny Omega, they can't put on something uh, that's quite good. There's really no, there's really no excuse. Honestly, if Cody, you know, if Cody, you know, lays an egg here, that's, that's a huge black mark on him being in there with a guy of Kenny's caliber. Um, What I really hope they do is I hope they avoid the quote unquote Kenny Omega match. I hope this isn't a formula Kenny Omega match the way uh, his U S title matches kind of fell into a formula if you watch like the Beretta match, uh, the match we lost to Jay, we lost to Jay White, um, the Juice match, like they all kind of after a while fell into a formula, and it's you know it's not a bad formula, it's a good formula, but with a with these two here, it'd be, first of all there's no title on the line, and second of all it's deeply personal. I hope they find a way to get across what this feud has meant, and I hope it's they don't just do like a Kenny Omega formula match. I hope they do something very different. Um, I, I, I have a fair bit of confidence they will. So.
0: Sean, before we go to you, John, one last question, and I'll ask it to you as well, Sean. Are, are you expecting more of a gimmicky, heavy match, more of a kind of fuck around and, and, and sort of build up to whatever the next game Bad bullet club destruction matches, or do you see this being like an awesome match? These two dudes go balls to the wall and try to have a great match, and try to have the Kenny Omega, you know, great match machine type thing, or the best match. Is it? Are you getting that vibe from it? Or are you getting more of the kind of dance around, mess around, get our gimmick over vibe from the match? Because I don't know quite where I am. Where, where are you, John? I think of
1: I think it's main event of Mania weekend. I think they're going to go out there and try to have a great match. I think the finish is where the you might yeah. see a gimmick and you mm-hmm. might see storyline but i think the majority of the match is going to be the two of them trying to have a really good match so
2: yeah given given the position that they're in in front of that and in, in front of a crowd that's going to be the largest crowd to have ever seen a ring of honor show live um but by the it, way the tickets went a lot
1: faster than this match
2: yeah yeah absolutely and and it again the potential to be the second biggest show of the weekend depending on how many people go to nxt um I, I think they're definitely going to try hard and have a more serious match. Though again, like John mentioned, the finish uh, could be in question with you know potential shenanigans. Hopefully not, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I think that uh, I think as far as Cody goes, I think it's been proven that if you put him in there with and 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 this is no pun intended, but if you put him in there with an elite level performer, someone like Kota Bushi or depending on what you thought of the match with okada because i know there were people who really liked that match while others not so much <laughs> um, right right, I right. Loved it. you're wrong john
1: right yeah but
2: uh again it's if you put cody in there with and with a high caliber wrestler then he has the potential to have a great match and i'm, I'm sure that kenny's going to be treating this seriously as well we're not going to get you know pink tassels on the side of his tights, Kenny Omega. You know, I think this is going to be a, he's going to be approached this match seriously. And again, the finish we'll see, but hopefully ends up clean and Cody, Cody is
1: going to be bullshit in Cody's winning. I'm calling it right now. Hmm, okay. That's interesting. Right, Yeah, I but, don't
0: uh, I don't know if I have a good prediction quite yet. And like you said, that we're recording this full disclosure we're recording this a few weeks before WrestleMania weekend because uh some schedules are getting kind of tricky here with uh Strong Style Evolve coming up and different people moving in and out. So, that's why we haven't seen the last two weeks of being the elite. So, it might be like very obvious, you know, what the direction of the match is going to be or who's going to win or whatever, but we're recording this uh, a few weeks early. Just so if I, you're like screaming I being I like, "These idiots, like, they didn't see that last episode." It's obvious. Actually,
1: I actually don't think it's going to be obvious. I think they done a very good job. Um being very oblique on purpose with this. So I don't, right. I don't see them suddenly giving it away in the last two weeks. But.
0: Sure, yeah, and I'm with you as well. And I think well, one thing that you guys both alluded to, and I guess it it, it does sort of, uh, or it's a good way to sort of f- finish this little preview here or, or kind of wrap it up, is uh, the tickets sold for the show. And this has done really, really well. And it's kind of been the sleeper, show of the entire weekend that a lot of people aren't I mean people are looking at other fun shows and things that are getting booked on these cards and that card or whatever and like a little ring of honor in the background is just there having arguably their biggest show of all time I think it's going to actually surpass that ticket sales wise and like you guys said it has a legit chance and I don't think anyone's going to really be ready to, 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 to you know kind of comprehend that but it has a legit chance to be the second most attended show of the entire weekend and I don't know that anybody really notices that or everybody really talks about it, but it's this weird dynamic that like our little bubble, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, just but like kind of the voice wrestling little bubble or, you know, in terms of the the fans that we sort of interact with on a while, they have a certain thought about ring of honor, but it's like, it's this, it's a dynamo that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And this is a huge weekend for them. This is going to be a gigantic show.
2: Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that in early February, you know, shortly after the Kenny Cody match was announced that the show had already you know, two months out, it already sold like over three thousand tickets, and then it you know surpassed the five thousand mark only you know a couple weeks ago. But I, I, I figured based on the venue that they were running that the show was going to sell pretty well, and it had the potential to you know sort of surpass what they did last year. But this is honestly, any and, and as someone who follows ROH very closely or very regularly, uh, I did not think that they were going to get five thousand. And, and to, to, to the point where they might have to open up more seats in the building to fit more people in there. because um, so I, I know they, I think I read somewhere that they were setting up for just under 6,000. And I think the venue is set up for, and the whole venue, if you were putting people in every single seat is like 9,000 ish, I think, but yeah, no, it's, it's an incredible fee. And again, the fact that they've been able to sell that many seats with just until very recently with just one match announced. Is, is totally impressive. Can and, I, and it,
1: I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, man. John. Go ahead, John. We like, you know it be a, a really interesting question. So, Ring of Honor took this, you know, it's, they, they did sell over 5,000 seats. But they took a while to do it uh, for WrestleMania weekend. New Japan sold 5,000 seats in 15 minutes for a show two weeks before WrestleMania. What kind of numbers could a New Japan show WrestleMania weekend do at this point?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> they do like 20,000? Is that insane?
0: Oh, 20 is tough, man. That's a lot. I, I think 15, they could do 10,000. Like yeah, they could do a 10,000, like a snap of fingers. I think,
1: I think they can do 15.
0: I'm I think 20. Oh man. That's, fifteen. That's could, I, think,
1: I, think I, 15. I, I think
2: they could do 15, but then you would at least, I, I guess if you're using, like, if you use New York city as an example, you wouldn't have this problem, but at least in New Orleans, if you're going to, if new Japan did a show that sold 15,000, uh, the I think the only venue in the in that area that would hold that many people would be the venue that is running. the, and smoothie King, yeah, the smoothie King, yeah, the King Center, and <laughs> obviously they can't use <laughs> that building. So um, no, no, no. I think in a place like New York, I don't think you would have that much problem, much of a problem, because they have multiple
1: arenas of that size. You know, but, okay, okay, can I can I throw this out there? Fucking New Japan should book Madison Square Garden next year. All right. To I, mean, of your weekend. I, mean, WWE, I mean WWE doesn't want it. Yeah. WWE doesn't want it, okay? Fucking New Japan should book it. I don't care who you can tweet me all you want, at me all you want about this one. I didn't I didn't tell you my Twitter handle anyway. But WWE, New Japan should book MSG and they'd sell it the fuck out.
0: There it is. I'll, I'll forward to Kadani. I'm sure he'll listen to this anyway. Of course, because he, he certainly he to every, attention. <laughs> he approves every podcast we do. So I'll I'll send it to Kadani and let him know that this is a thing that we think could happen. No, I, I it, it's rational, but like yeah, like you said, if, if if Ring of Honor is able to get to that level as quickly as they are, I mean, there's there's a very good chance that New Japan could do uh, equally as well. I mean, given that the main event is really, you know, I I think. You know, there's obviously Ring of Honor parts of it, but like you said, a lot of it's been built on being the elite, and a lot of it has been built in, in New Japan as well, so this is really kind of a New Japan-esque main event that's sort of selling this entire show or whatnot, so yeah, I think it could reasonably do it, but uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see what they, they've done this weekend, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how the crowd reacts, and, and, and just seeing the, the size of that crowd, too, I mean, just Ring of Honor working in front of that big of a crowd is just, you know, it's something that seems so foreign to somebody who used to go to shows, and there'd be, you know, 200 to 300 people, I thought that was the greatest thing in the world, now they're doing, you know, <laughs> 15 times that um, uh, on no, a WrestleMania weekend.
1: I remember going to shows in Long Island that was like maybe 150 people. Yeah, you knew everybody.
0: Like, every, like hey, what's going on?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a the guy that told me to kill myself. Why I don't know. There's a there's that other guy who. Oh, there's a little kid that you see at RKO for every move.
0: <laughs> the, the good old days. <laughs> now there's you can't even talk to people six thousand. But anyway, we're gonna be ROH chipsters here. But uh, all right, so, yeah. And, uh, and, just, uh,
2: and just one more and one more thing. Oh, one more thing before we head out, uh, just just a, on the attendance point, um, the fact that and, and this is just my personal opinion, the fact that this show did so well gives me confidence that this all in show in Chicago in a couple months, I personally don't think that show is going to have any problems selling ten thousand seats. If no. at least this show is any indication, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to,
1: okay. yeah, they're going to definitely do it. Yeah. I think so. I've I've thought so basically I any doubts I had went away when when New Japan did that 5k in like 15 minutes number for again for a show that's just in the middle in in California two weeks before mania (laughs) right
0: it's like the least least convenient show for anybody ever and it's like people
1: remember like people were worried about this show selling out because two weeks before, like people were like oh I don't know two weeks before mania and it sold out in 15 minutes so I I never bought that I never bought that (laughs) That people say there are that. a lot of tweets about that, but from the usual, some of the usual anti-Bushi road <laughs> people, but and it suddenly, suddenly they forgot what a strong style evolved was once the, once the tickets sold. All right. So uh,
0: as we kind of sign off here, I want uh, both you guys, I'll start with Sean, give you, uh, give your final plugs and then maybe you're kind of your last little, you know, minute uh, preview for this uh, Supercard of Honor show.
2: Okay, so once again, you can follow me on Twitter at SASEDOR2994. Uh, you can check out my work at VoicesOfWrestling.com, where I've reviewed New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor, of course, Evolve, and occasionally WWE if I feel like jumping on for a pay per view review. Um, this, this show, I think, has a lot of, I don't know if it'll be the best show of the weekend, but it certainly has that potential. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to the show. And then, just one more note: I do apologize for my phone going off during the podcast. No, was right <laughs> yeah,
0: we're nothing if not professionals here. Yeah. Sean, so how dare you? How yeah. dare you? I'm
2: still, I'm still getting. I'm still getting used to my new iPhone eight. So I think I started on episode on with You really nervous.
0: don't have to apologize. Yeah. I, uh, there's a dog sitting on my lap right now, so I don't think you have to apologize about professionalism at any level uh, on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Do not worry at all. But no, we thank you for. For, uh, for joining here. And John, if you want to give your final plugs and then your thoughts, yeah. on, uh Super of Honor.
1: So obviously, like I said, wrestling Omikaze every week, different co-host. Someday soon. So it, this this is the VW flagship, secondly, right? Uh, yes, yeah. It whatever is. the hell flagship preview. Someday I want I want you, if you're listening to this, Mr. Joseph Lanza. I am tired of you burying Tepsi Unaito on the flagship every week. <laughs> so you are gonna you are gonna have to come on omakaze. A defender, defender at NITO takes in the Lions Den, in the NITO fan club, in the house of the person with, I think, six different t shirts that are just different colors of the Losing Over Not Blessed De Japon logo. You're going to have to come and defend yourself someday. The NITO episode. It's going to happen.
0: Look at that. A challenge. We got but to Joe. A...
1: Joe's not going to hear this anyway because he's not <laughs> on it. But. I'm sure he'll listen
0: to it. I don't know if he will. I'll, I'll make sure he listens to this part for sure. But,
1: but yeah, Wrestling Omikaze, it's great. I have a different co host on every week, and um, I think you'll enjoy it if you check us out. We're on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. We're at Wrestle Omikaze. Wrestling would not fit. So just at Wrestle Omikaze. And we're always covering something different. So, you know, New Japan, DDT, uh, All Japan, every promotion you could think of, even some WWE sometimes when. Somebody wants to talk about it for God knows what reason, but we do historical stuff too. We just had an Andrew rich to talk like WWE from 2003 to 2007. So I don't know where else you can get that kind of priority. So <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: All right, Sean and John, thank you guys very much for coming on to preview uh super of honor.
1: Uh, you're very welcome. Oh yeah. I didn't say anything about Supercard of honor. It's going to be good. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really excited for the main event. And that's why I came on here. I think it's been one of the best built matches in a long time and the fact that they sure. did it all, they did it all on their own you know for for the most part is really impressive and i don't know if it even gets enough if they get enough credit for what they did so they they really deserve a ton of credit the rest of the card to be honest i can take or leave it but the main event i'm very into so
0: all right thank you guys both thank you To help me preview NXT TakeOver New Orleans. It is Dr. Nove himself, Chris Novembrino. Chris, what's going on? Hey Rich. How's it going? Yeah, long time. Uh, we've you've we've been colleagues-ish for like four or five years at this point. And this is the first time I believe we've ever talked to each other. So hi. How are
3: you? <laughs> it's the longest relationship with a boss I've ever had where I've never actually spoken with them in person. <laughs> like email. I just call you a
0: boss. Like... I, I don't I don't know if I would classify myself as a boss, but I appreciate it. But
3: uh No, you're you're a legit boss, my man. <laughs> Am I a cool, boss, at least? I think so. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, I you you have always given me the freedom to kind of do whatever I want. Um, like when I did the TNA show, I, I pitched you that and you were like, go for it. And then I pitched you Lucha the Hidden Temple and you were like, go for it. And that's been awesome. I, I don't ever have to go like, oh, what if Frisch doesn't like this? I mean, I, I usually make sure that you do, but uh, I've never felt uh, stifled in any way while being here.
0: I well, appreciate that, but uh, yeah, let people know for people that might not have heard you, don't know where you're from, maybe don't haven't checked out the other podcasts and whatnot, uh, where they can find you on Twitter and then uh, some of your other work.
3: Absolutely. So I, I do a lot of podcasts. I am at chrisnovembrino on Twitter, but I host a news and politics show called Don't Worry About the Government, which you can find at Don't This year, I launched another show which is called the all in the family podcast. And it is about all in the family, but it's also kind of like the dollop. If you like the dollop, like there's a historical component to it, because we'll talk about what was going on in 1971. And then obviously there is a comparison between 1971 and today that gets made on that show. So you can check that out at all in the family podcast.com. And then I will be back up here on voice of the wrestling regularly when Legends of the Hidden... No, not Legends of the Hidden Temple. That's not coming back. (laughs) In my podcast, Lucha of the Hidden Temple, which is named after Legends of the Hidden Temple and Lucha Underground, will be back.
0: If it makes you feel any better, I do do an all-90s podcast with my wife, and we were talking about uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, and I think... maybe four or five times on the show i said lucha the hidden temple she was like why do you keep saying that and i had to explain like you know there's a reason why and of course the the, the entire impetus of the show being called that was because the uh, Legends of the Hidden temple but now in my mind so i'm almost the opposite of you where i say lucha the hidden temple no matter what every single time and it almost works you know what i mean like it's almost like it it, it kind of you know it's as techie but you can sort of you know you, you can play it off but definitely glad to hear that that podcast is coming back i know it's it's it stinks that like You guys can, you know, you can only produce a show when Lucha Underground produces shows. And unfortunately, they uh, are not the best about doing that. But uh, I'm glad it's kind of coming back. And I'm glad uh, we're going to be able to hear it in a little bit. But yeah, definitely one if you guys want to check it out. Uh, You guys do a great job breaking down weekly uh, Lucha Underground episodes and, and really digging deep into the stories, digging deep into the characters, the motivations and stuff. And it's a really well-produced show. It's one of the best produced uh, wrestling podcasts I've ever heard as well. So I think you definitely should uh, uh, check that out. And I know uh, one thing, too, as well, that I've been a, a huge fan of yours is uh, your appearances on Music of the Mat. And I mentioned that with Andrew Rich when he helped me preview WrestleMania here. Um, every time you're on there it's like my favorite show in the world because you guys are the biggest geeks about music and i just fucking love it like you are so digging deep into like every chord and every little drum and every little it's just like oh oh, wow, it's incredible and it makes that show just that much better and i love that show on a regular basis but i thought your appearances were the best
3: yet well andrew does a really great job producing his show as well and he's a really fun guy to talk music with because he and i just come at it with completely different angles i'm the guy who sits around and makes music all the time. So I'm always thinking about it from that level, but I I think he has that real listener's ear that uh, as a musician, you sort of lose because you think about it almost more from the mechanic and structural side, at least Mm -hmm. to my point. So it's great. It's great doing that show. I look forward to the next time I get on there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That'll be good stuff. So anyway, let's uh, let's preview uh, this NXT TakeOver show. So real quick, I'm going to run down the card, and then we're going to kind of go one by one a little bit of what's been going on with uh, with NXT, a little bit of what's going on in the terms of uh, this TakeOver show, and what to expect. Uh, real quick, before I uh, just want to get this out of the way, are you going to WrestleMania weekend?
3: I am not going to WrestleMania weekend this year I, because I went to New Orleans earlier this year, and uh, I, I made a personal mission this year to pay off my car, Rich. So uh, the, nothing is getting in the way of me <laughs> finishing paying off this car.
0: Are you planning on going to any of the future ones? You're going to New York next year, maybe.
3: You know that actually sounds kind of cool. I, I know that we're we're doing like more hangouts and stuff at WrestleMania now. Um, so I, I definitely want to participate because I want to be a be a social creature rich so i've I- heard
0: you're you're quite the man to attend uh wrestling shows with uh particularly kaiju big battle so i am uh, i'm excited am, i'm the best guy to attend guys i i've heard and that's why next year i hope that you can come and i hope kaiju big battle comes because i would uh much enjoy watching kaiju big battle with you so that's uh... <laughs> i know how to have fun that, people yes. have always said that. <laughs> that is what i have heard for you and WrestleMania weekend. so i'm excited so anyway i uh, take over new orleans break down the card here real quick uh you got in an unsanctioned match here it's been a, a probably the best built maybe the best built match on this entire card maybe the one of the best built matches of the entire weekend uh jenny gargano tommaso ciampa uh the stipulation here if gargano wins uh he will be rehired by nxt but if ciampa wins uh gargano will be banned from nxt forever so that's that's And then we have a ladder match for the inaugural, the the newly formed NXT North American Championship. You got Adam Cole, EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, and the Velveteen Dream. I got a triple threat tag match for the NXT Tag Team Titles and also the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Team Title Trophy. I got the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly defending their titles against the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. And then uh, for the NXT Women's Championship, you got Ember Moon. Uh, defending her title against Shayna Baszler, and then your main event, uh, Andrade Almas defending the NXT Championship against Aleister Black. So, Chris, I'll ask you first: uh, what match really jumps out at you? What's the one that you're really saying, "Okay, this is I cannot wait for this match," and and this is the one I'm really, really looking forward to.
3: The one I'm really looking forward to, at least, the one I'm really looking forward to, at least in terms of work is going to be the latter match not because I'm necessarily excited about the North American championship but because the interplay between EC3 and Ricochet and how NXT is going to use those two is the most interesting component to me and then also are we telling the story with Adam Cole where he's going to be the loser leader of the group I think that's where we're going, but that's the storyline that I've found the most intriguing in NXT, like how they're using the Undisputed Era.
0: Right. And I'm kind of with you, too. And in this one, we have, you know, Adam Cole doing double duty here. He's in the the ladder match. He's also in the uh, the, the tag match as well. But as far as the ladder match, I think the thing that I'm definitely a, a little curious on is, you know, you look at guys like a ricochet. Okay, yeah, there's probably no doubt that he can, you know, dominate in a ladder match and do quite well. The rest of the guys, I mean, Adam Cole is good at sort of your plunder match type. So I have an idea that, you know, he'd probably be okay. But again, like he's not your classic sort of multi-man ladder match guy like he's more of your one-on-one brawly hardcore match type guy where he really excels and then the rest of the guys in this match are not really like whether it's built for ladder matches or really have that much experience like EC3 is a guy who character wise you know jumps off the screen and his NXT debut was no question I mean it was incredible where he chants you know people are chanting you deserve it at and he's going oh yeah I, I know I do I do deserve it like he's just incredible at just sort of that that presence or whatever but in ring he's he's not very polished he's still got a little rough edges and whatnot so you know you're throwing him. Right into the the fire in a ladder match. Uh, Killian Daniel Lars Sullivan obviously are, are, are two big brutes. They're going to be great for catching guys, but. Really, who are they going to catch? Because it's really just Ricochet. It's going to be kind of your flyer. And then Velveteen Dream is another guy who, again, is, is excelled and improved a lot, but doesn't really jump off the page. He's like a great ladder match type of guy. So that's what I'm most curious about, is to see sort of how the dynamics work. I have no doubt that Ricochet can do it. I feel like Adam Cole can do it. The rest of the guys, I, it, it, it seems like a lot of weird parts for a ladder match. Yeah, there's like, you know, yeah, like EC3, Lars, and Killian are all real bases, and Velveteen Dream's not really a flyer. And Adam Cole's not really a flyer. doesn't really do sort of those sort of things. So I don't know. It's I'm having trouble envisioning what the match sort of looks and feels similar to how you sort of said you were having that same issue.
3: Yeah. I I mean, you you got to imagine that they're going to make the Velveteen dream look really good during this match because he is sort of the homegrown talent, even though obviously I think the main storyline is going to be centered around EC3 and Ricochet and probably setting up a few between them. They're trying to do something with the Velveteen Dream here. Uh, It's not even entirely clear to me if they're going to keep him heel. I think they're at least teasing a little bit of uh, face qualities to him. So I would expect him to do some high spots. It might be good to have more big guys in that case then.
0: Yeah, no, if you're going to have, like, because maybe EC3 then does some, like, big spots or whatnot, but he can fall on the guys. Velveteen, as you said, can fall on the guys. Like, I'm sure Killian Day and Lars are going to be catching people left and right. (laughs) Like, this entire match is going to be, and we really haven't seen, like, you know, in terms of NXT, there's been, obviously, some tag team ladder matches. There's been sort of, you know, a few matches here and there, war games, obviously, but they tend to go a little low on just, like plunder and like real ridiculous bumps or whatnot like they don't really do that like that's not what you're gonna get from 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 NXt that much so I do wonder if you are gonna have just Lars and killian like grabbing everybody like ricochet'll do something off the top of a ladder and then he'll he'll fall into eight people or whatever like that's what they tend to do a little bit more than like ricochet falling through like four tables you know they don't necessarily fall into that at all that much. So no, I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. And I've seen the title. It's like another random title. I don't know that anybody's super excited about the North American Championship. I know you kind of alluded to that it's just kind of there, but uh, I'm excited to see, like you said, how EC3 is sort of integrated, how Ricochet is integrated in, and and what the next step is for Adam Cole because, as you said, we, 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 you know, a few months ago, he was seemed like he was the next champion, the next guy on the line, and, and now it's just kind of, he's kind of floating around in space and whatnot and not quite sure where it's going to go. This could maybe be a good opportunity for him to win this title and sort of stake his claim to the mid-card of, of of NXT but I don't know yeah I have a tough time do you have a good prediction of who you think uh, emerges in this match
3: so if I had to place a bet on it I'd actually go with EC3 kind of cutting off the big debut of Ricochet uh, now that you're throwing the Adam Cole thing I could see the writers going a direction where they put this mid-card title on Adam Cole and then you have the undisputed era is just this faction of mid-card champions B- before the north american championship was introduced it did definitely look like the end of the road of the main event push for adam cole because you're bringing in all these other people mm-hmm. um so yeah i would say ec3 i i do think lars Sullivan's gonna do a big headbutt off the ladder at some point He's oh to some i years. didn't
0: think of that that's awesome yeah that'd be uh, pretty sweet
3: uh, i think that spot's gonna be cool
0: and then ricochet will do a 720 or a double backflip or some shit like that I'm sure so he's he's gonna be out there doing doing incredible stuff Uh, so I did the triple threat tag match this is for uh, the NXT championship as well as uh, the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic Uh, it's the Undisputed Era it's Adam Cole and Kyle Riley defending their titles against the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne so obviously the Authors of Pain uh, Strong and Dunne uh, emerge from the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic Uh, Strong and Dunne take over for um, now I'm blanking on what team they had to take over oh Tyler uh, Baton Trent Seven the Mustache Mountain Um, so you get the Authors of Pain who are going for a repeat of the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Titles, or the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, I should say, uh, and then they are also now have a chance at the actual Tag Team Titles. What do you make of this match? Uh, the the melding of the Tag Titles and then the also the, the tournament finals into one match. I don't love this.
3: Uh, I think the authors of Pain are an act that need to be protected, and it's already becoming hard to have them not as champions and still keep them as strong monsters because of the way that they were booked so hard and heavy early on in their push. Um, I think that this will probably result in the champions retaining and the authors don't get pinned here, but I, I don't think that this helps anyone
0: yeah I was as, as I've been watching NXT TV I, I kind of have a weird thought on on the Authors of Pain it's just like I don't I don't quite know what they're doing anymore they feel like they're just kind of spinning their wheels like I, Absolutely. It, it, it's sort of like you said like if you're this dominant team that can kill everybody and beat everybody then like why don't you kill everybody? why aren't you at the top like you know this we we're, we're you know they've been here for essentially two years like last year that seemed like they peaked around last year and now they're just like oh you guys are still here like oh what are you guys doing here like go oh, go to the go do something else and, and and maybe they peaked a little too early and, and I don't know but it's just like like they come out and obviously they, they get to the finals of this tournament and it's just like, okay, but like, I don't, I, I have no, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy into them as anything more than, than, than just kind of guys that come out and, and, and destroy jobbers and they could beat the street profits. But then when the big match comes, they, they lose. And like, I don't know how many times you can kind of do that story without it, you know, getting some way. I don't know. For all I know, they could win the titles here, but I, I don't really see it. I don't quite get the dynamic of that either um what do you make of roger strong and pete dunn though because obviously they come together as a you know the kind of this mismatched team uh replacing the mustache mountain uh do you see this being maybe a jump off for a feud or do you see this as a, a new tag team that that nxt maybe stumbled upon
3: i think this may actually be a tag team that they try to hold on to in no small part because they don't seem to have a clear idea of what the hell they're doing with the uk title
0: <laughs> you well know, now that itv is uh is not bringing world of sport back they uh have a bunch of guys from england and a title and now they don't know what to do with it because they're anti-competitive <laughs> uh reach into the region is now no longer necessary so now they're just kind of floating around and doing nothing
3: right case in point now we have the north american championship and our uk champion is not actually defending his title on this card he's in a tag team
0: yeah it's it, it's interesting but uh, i mean i've I've enjoyed the Roger Strong, uh, Pete Dunn stuff. I mean, it's been pretty cool because obviously they're two great workers. So yeah, like anytime it. those guys can can wrestle in the same ring, I'm I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think that it's going to be a team that maybe hangs around for a little bit. I think don't you know tease because eventually whatever. I mean, we know that the end game of that is that these two dudes are going to kill each other in the ring and, and and have another you know singles match and a feud or whatnot. Most likely with Pete Dunn being the the heel because that's just the perfect role for him. But um, I, I like the idea that no, just don't do it right now. I don't think it's it's a little too early to do that now. I think kind of build it up a little bit, have it go on for a few months, and this could be a real cool feud because you don't you know you're you're already on the show you're doing the breakup of a, of a great tag team or whatnot so you got time to sort of let that stretch and let it kind of you know f- feel itself out before you immediately break it down but uh, as far as the actual results of this match is there any way that you're leaning do you have any you know real good idea of what you know what, what's going to happen what team is going to win any any
3: sort of inkling well i said before i'm sticking with it champions retain.
0: Okay, so you got the undisputed era re- retaining there. So, you got Adam Cole losing the the North American Championship but retaining the tag titles now cuz he sort of took over for Bobby Fish, of course, with, yes. uh, with, with this team. Okay. Right. So you got yeah, I I'm, a, I'm I don't know where I'm at with this one. I kind of I guess I kind of like the idea of strong and done winning it. Um I the, the inclusion of the trophy makes it weird cuz like why does the undisputed era need the dusty classic trophy?
3: Like This makes no sense. Yeah. Like we got a trophy. Yeah, like, I, we I, I trophy. Yay. like we're you in the tournament, not really <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't love the way that they did the Dusty Classic this year. I, I think I've liked it more in years past. Uh, very thrown together this year, and
0: the injuries definitely threw a wrench in a lot of the plans too. I mean, there was always, you know, we we we, you know, if you go back and look at the taping results and you see like what was going to happen and then what they sort of had to pivot to to make happen, it's just it it was a kind of a disaster of, of a year. But I agree, it wasn't that great, and there wasn't any new fresh teams. It was essentially just like. Uh, you know, I, I always like the idea that you kind of put some new blood in there. You put some new teams. And I guess w- what came of it was Roger Strong and Pete Dunn. But that wasn't really the intention that kind of lucked into that or whatnot. But yeah, as far as like seeing the other teams in there, I mean, I don't do you really need the street profits like in there? Do you need, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it was fine with Birch and 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 whatever. And, you know,
2: yeah, like I like, Loken, like Ber- but I I don't know. It was, it was just, like
3: they're good workers. But, I, I, you know, there's a lot of acts that just feel really cold. Uh, I was talking yeah. about this mm-hmm. with Jeff the other day, and I actually like. A lot of the people on the show, I think they're all good in the ring, but like the presentation of them recently has just been very sterile. Yeah, I've kind of noticed that as
0: well, watching uh, NXT as of late. And I don't know if it was the, the center stage stuff. I don't know if it it just I, and, and maybe it's the marathon tapings and whatnot. The people get lost. But yeah, it doesn't really feel like they're the, the top, top tier guys, I think, still have a very good cachet. And I feel like they've done a pretty good job with them. But a lot of the undercard, a lot of the guys that are not, you know, Carcano, Ciampa and, and, and you know, Black and, and Almas and even even the top tier women, the rest of the people just feel like they're kind of floating around a little bit and, and don't really have any any upward mobility, no sort of movement going on. They just kind of exist in this universe to kind of lose and, and and let people move on. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you too. It just feels a little sterile uh, for some of the guys. So yeah, I, I wasn't totally into the, the tag classic this year, but uh, it's all right. Um, let's move on to the women's championship match. And then we'll get to the two big men's matches here. You got Ember Moon defending her title against Shayna Baszler. Did you agree or disagree with Ember Moon retaining the, uh, the title uh, a few months back against Shayna?
3: I think it's time for Ember to move on. I could go either way, honestly. Like it, that was not; uh, it was neither a shock nor a grand disappointment when she retained the title. Uh, but I mean, at this point, she definitely needs to lose now,
0: right? And and, and I think that's where I'm at as well. And that's how that was gonna be my next question: is is I mean, would there be disappointment if Ember retained here? Like, I feel like everybody's kind of ready for for Shayna to move on and Ember to move on, and 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 Ember can move on by losing, and and Shayna obviously gets new charts and new avenues and new pads if she wins but i i can't in your mind like what's the percent chance that that ember wins here uh, like 15 yeah i i'm pretty low as well it'd, it'd be stunning and, and i and I'm, I'm sure you agree with me i think a lot of people would do that as well if she wanted to be like oh what are you what are you doing like don't know like no no, it's, no. it's, time, <laughs> to, it's
3: time to clear the lane for some new women i mean i even think you know at this point it's time to get Shayna moving on too just because There is a new crop of women who are coming in and I mean, the problem is like NXT is supposed to be a developmental territory. Right. And it's trying to be both a brand and a developmental territory at the same time. And I think that comes at the expense of development.
0: For sure. And and yeah, there has been a little stifling. I mean, you got a ton of women in there. You got like a, someone like a Dakota Kai who's just an accessory in the story and just kind of right. comes to the ring to get beat up or whatever. And she's incredible. And they have a crop of there's, you know, 20 women there they're training that are that are solid. And and it feels like none of them are are, are really important in the grand scheme of things, and they're just kind of cogs in the in the wheel for the main story. So I agree with you. I think there does need to be a little bit more movement there. But uh I'm 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 probably about a 90 percent that Shayna Baszler wins here. I would be stunned if Ember Moon retains. Uh, as far as the match, where do you kind of see this match going? Do you see it being sort of the back and forth affair that we got the first time with Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler, um, or do you see it as a possibility where Shayna comes in there and just beats Ember definitively, beats her quickly, beats her definitively, similar to what we saw with Asuka and, and Bailey and Asuka and kind of her run? Do you think there is th- th- that it's maybe maybe a two part question? Do you see that happening, and and do you think that would be a good idea if Shayna just comes in there, you know, in 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 two minutes taps Ember out and it's like holy shit now that you know there's a new you know the leader of this women's division or would you kind of be fine with just a back and forth type of match
3: I think they're gonna go with the back and forth hero send off type of match but if you told me that they were going to do something like Shayna Baszler um attacks Ember before the match and we get kind of like a story in the match not unlike Nakamura and Bobby Roode like that kind of direction That wouldn't shock me. I I could totally see Shayna Baszler asserting herself as utterly ruthless in in the way that she goes about winning this championship, but, but my gut tells me that this is going to be just a classic NXT back and forth sort of slugfest.
0: And and do you see this being the send off for Ember? Do you think Ember loses here and then sort of does the wave and everybody kind of knows that that's it and she's going up to the main roster? Or she's going to do you know what she'll have her you know a few more matches in XT and then you know during the draft or the superstar shakeup or whatever, uh, move on to the main roster? Do you see do you see that as as the strong possibility for Ember?
3: Yeah, I mean that's usually the formula, right? She'll come back and she'll do her obligatory champions uh, rematch clause, but uh, she'll lose of course and mm-hmm. she'll move up to the main roster.
0: Do her waves and do her bows, and then she moves on and does her thing. So yeah, I kind of hope that happens too, because yeah, there does need to be a kind of a refresh there. It feels like we've been in the Ember, you know, era for for quite a while, and I don't know that it's an era that I'm going to really look back all that fondly either. I'm not a huge fan of Ember Moon. I think she's fine, but I think it's there's the many really more exciting people. Awesome.
3: The eclipse looks great. Uh, when when the person she's doing it on knows how to take it, um, it, the overall matches they're okay. They're not bad. Great finisher. Okay matches. She's. Perfectly fine for a WWE worker. What I'm actually kind
0: of surprised by, I don't know. Did you did you ever watch much of her on the uh, the Indies? I did not know. So that that move. She, so she said that move forever, but the problem was on the Indies, like she would always it would always look like shit, and it was like maybe sixty percent of the people would take it perfectly. But then the others one would take it like so wrong and it would never look good and the person would be in the wrong spot or whatever. And that was one of my worries is when I saw that she was doing an NXT, I was like, oh no, this is not going to go well, especially when you're with some pretty inexperienced people, you're, you're Lacey Evans's of the worlds or whatever. But it's actually pretty fascinating. They've all kind of nailed it. And I think a lot of it Leads to them being in the performance center, being able to practice it a thousand times before they go out there. Because I'm sure, you know, Ember, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, Athena would, you know, go and, and, you know, work in any show and say, hey, here's my finisher or whatever. And the person's like, oh, shit, I don't really know how to take that, but okay, we'll try it out in the ring or whatever. And it would always, like, it would be kind of clunky. It would never quite look right. But I've been amazed at NXT that how, like, fluid it looks, how well they shoot it. Um, and, and really the impact always just looks incredible. So I'm with you. I was very nervous about the the, the finisher when she first sort of was going to bring it to NXT, but I love I, I So I think it's going to do the same on the main roster as well. So I think it's it's definitely time for her to move on. And I think what's going to help too is the main roster is a little bit more the finish tends to be what a lot of people remember. You know what I mean? Like that, it's not necessarily the meat of the match. Like NXT, you're looking for the meat of the match. You're looking for that sort of stuff it, on the main roster on Raw. She's going to be a perfect Raw or SmackDown women's wrestler. She's going to go in there for four minutes, hit that finisher. Everyone's going to remember that finisher, and that's all that anybody's going to care about when it's all said and done. She can do a rest hold. They're going to go to commercial. She'll come back. She'll hit a big move, hit the eclipse, and it's over. And that that's perfect for her. I think that's her ideal role. I don't know if as sort of the flag bearer for the women's division in NXT. I don't know if that was ever the really the quite good role for her, but.
3: No, no. I mean, it's it's also just the way that they use the women's division in NXT. It's not like most weeks there are multiple women's matches because the 60-minute formula just simply doesn't allow for that. I I think that they're already kind of time-constrained enough. This is why introducing another title to me is utterly unconstructive. Like They already have enough issues using everyone on the roster. Now you've added a completely different division in. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Have you sort of gotten that? vibe
0: from the most recent weeks of NXT I don't know it's been about, maybe about six months or now it just feels like the show is so packed in like it, it never really felt like that it felt like before that hour was like the perfect hour of wrestling and you feel like you got everything you wanted and you feel like everything is good now it, it just feels a little bit it more feels- manic in recent months and I don't know
3: why I think the show needs to be 90 minutes like they clearly need one more match a week to be able to tell the stories that they want to tell because, again, you get to the women's division, you have to use Evie as a prop character, essentially, instead of actually having her have matches. And now I know, of course, like this most recent week that she, she did have a match and they're, they're being better about that. But they can't have that week in week out discipline because time just simply doesn't allow for it.
0: Yeah, and you got so much backstage stuff too, and you have so much of that sort of growing in in, in numbers, and, and like I said, just more roster people. So you're trying to, I mean, particularly like these last few weeks in the build of this, you know, you're trying to build up that, that that ladder match and sort of announcing who's in the ladder match. So you have to go backstage every single time to say, okay, well, uh, Killian Danes in the ladder match. Okay, well, our Sullivan's in the ladder match. Okay, Ricochet's in. The ladder. And then it's like, oh shit! Well, there's no time for anything else, and it was just like it's so overwhelming sometimes the the, the week. So I'm I'm kind of with you. I I, I I hate to say that it needs a little bit more time because you know we we always complain about
3: no time right. About days, I, I know. You. it
0: needs that extra third. I mean, it really would bring the whole thing together and it would just let it kind of breathe a little bit. Nothing has any second to breathe on that show. It feels like they're packing two hours into to sixty minutes and it's just it, it it's it's too voluminous.
3: Well, I, you know, they don't need to just objectively add time on. They could also take time away from somewhere else. It just, <laughs> no, not, that'd be ridiculous. No, uh, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'll cool down. With the let's talk about ideas. the rest of
0: the pre-show, which will be four and a half hours. Right. Part time of 1.30 p.m. or whatever the hell it's going to be. No, we,
3: we need a two hour pre-show. Why? I'm not sure. But we need it to be two hours. Oh, wow.
0: how's Peter Rosenberg going to give his predictions?
3: Uh, everyone loves Peter. Chris, I mean, come on. Everyone <laughs> loves Peter. You, you, are you telling me you don't want to hear from Peter Rosenberg? Like, you're nuts. That's... No, are, are you telling me you don't want to hear from Peter Rosenberg? Because <laughs> I don't want to hear it.
0: No, I, I really, he could go away and never come back and then be fine. Oh, that's, For me, that's me. I,
3: I actually, um, you know, I, I do like on the network who's not there a whole lot anymore with Scott Stanford. I actually thought he had pretty good chemistry with most of the people on the roster and was clearly like aware and knowledgeable about the brand in a way that wasn't necessarily obnoxious
0: yeah he told the line pretty good of like a like like random tv announcer guy like that the, they have the factory guys that they come in and and he was felt like he was one of those factory guys for a while but then sort of morphed into a guy that was kind of a blend of of a factory guy as you said which is cool you kind of need that sort of professional presentation and, and that's sort of what they love but then also yeah knowledge of the brand you, you started to see him come up with that a little bit yeah what the hell's he even do now is he still oh he by does them?
3: tv no he doesn't do anything for them but he does tv out in new york state OK, good. I'll go for him. His gig was that he was doing television out in New York State. He does like a local news affiliate out there. And then he was just driving into Stanford and he was doing the pre-show panel. I, I can't remember what the interaction was built around. There was he did have a moment with Booker T on one episode where he said something that like legitimately crossed Booker T. Um And they they were able to buffer it out, but like it was uh, an awkward Booker moment. Uh, (laughs) One of many. I I feel like if you work with Booker long enough, you're gonna have an awkward Booker moment. Uh, But I really like Scott. I certainly compared to some of the other tryhards that uh, WWE has employed. I thought Scott was more natural and wasn't necessarily trying hard.
0: I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, Other matches, uh, the final two here on this TakeOver show, I think we'll talk about the unsanctioned match now. Gargano uh, versus Ciampa. It's been uh, pretty well Built match, of course. I mean, obviously you know, the backstory. I mean, most people listening to this probably know the backstory, but of course they tag team partners. Ciampa turns on Gargano. Uh, Gargano goes through a losing streak, then he goes on a win streak. Uh, he gets the title, shot against Sinalmas, he loses, Ciampa comes out, attacks him, and, and then of course he loses, you know, loser leaves lose lose. NXT match. And and now he's trying to get back in NXT to try to get back at Ciampa and and and, and get his job back and whatnot. And it's been amazingly built. I think what's been really cool is the subtlety of of Ciampa every single week coming out grabbing the mic, saying maybe one or two words, sometimes not saying anything and just letting the crowd just dictate the entire show and let them boo him. And he's grabbing grandma's signs and spitting at grandma's and <laughs> threatening to fight people and whatnot. I think it's been really well built in in, in that sense. And and I like that they've done a little bit of, of you know, fighting you know gargano obviously surprised him a few weeks ago and they had their brawl or whatever but it's been kept kind of subtle and it feels like you're really anticipating seeing these guys get in the ring you haven't gotten a bunch of back and forth between them you haven't yes. gotten a bunch of interaction so you're kind of salivating to finally see those guys square off one-on-one in the ring and i'm sure the crowd is gonna be 100 percent behind gargano and the atmosphere is gonna be incredible what have you thought about this build so far
3: Oh, I love the build. I I love the story that they're telling. I, I think that they found a way to take advantage of the Tommaso Ciampa injury and you know take what was kind of a lemon situation and completely reheat it and make lemonade out of this to, to mix my lemonade-making metaphors. Just don't drink <laughs> my lemonade, Rich. That's what It's not great lemonade. Yeah. No, no, you don't want my lemonade. So I, I like all of that. I, I think, obviously, Tommaso is going to win here, and we're going to send Johnny on his way because that's what Tommaso is going to need in order to do his thing. Although, tapping the brakes on this a little bit, if you told me that Johnny... And Tommaso, we're going to have a continuing feud in NXT. That wouldn't necessarily surprise me because I'm not entirely sure. To go back to what I was talking to with Jeff the other day, what Johnny's role would be on the main roster now that Daniel Bryan's back?
0: Right. Yeah. That's that's an interesting thought. I had never really kind of likened that the the two are very related in that sense. That like it makes you know Gargano as the perpetual underdog. I mean, I think that's what we all kind of want him to always be. Right. Right? Like, he's got to be that. Like, he can never be just, like, a guy that wins titles all the dominant
3: time. Dominant champion. No. I like Johnny a lot, uh, but that doesn't make sense.
0: No, and he did it in Evolve, um, or uh, Dragon at USA, I should say, a, a few years ago and did it quite well. But on the main roster, I'm not sure that that's going to work. And I, I know for a fact that Vince is not going to let that guy be his like, dominant, you know, heel champion or whatever. So, uh, yeah, he's going to have to sort of fit into that perpetual underdog role. But now that Dan O'Brien's there, you got the guy that's, like, the best at being the perpetual underdog, you, you know. In, in daniel bryan so yeah i it, it's strange i'm not quite sure you know before brian came back i would have thought it would have been a mortal lock that the champa probably wins Guerrero just moves out of the main roster gets his sort of nxt send off and and it finally feels um like he can he's ready to move on and he's, there's nothing left for him in nxt or whatever but it, it feels i don't know it, but it, it kind of feels like he's done everything he can in nxt too so i don't know it's a very interesting match i mean if he wins you know, what's the next step for those guys? Like, do okay. they just... Okay, you know- I, can, I can pitch you. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Let's, let, let's hear. It.
3: So, he, if he wins, now he's back in NXT. Tommaso Ciampa wants to get rid of Johnny for good and for all and, like, actually, like, tries one last time and, and Johnny wants to get that W. But then he still has the unfinished business with beating Almas. So, he still has to climb that hill. Um, presumably at that point, almost wouldn't be the champion anymore. So he beat almost and then he would go on to face whoever is the champion at that point. So like, that is the long-term story arc if they choose to keep Johnny there that I could potentially see.
0: Okay. I, I don't mind that. But, uh, and then, so as far as like, so, okay, so Johnny wins. I don't love
3: that. I'm just pitching.
0: No, no, no. I, I got you there. And then sort of my, my question is then what kind of happens with Ciampa? Like you can't, can those two coexist? Can they be on the same roster? And this not, is why like, I think
3: Johnny's got to go. Right, exactly, like because
0: you can't just have Ciampa come out and like have a normal match, and then Gargano comes out, and it's just like, wait a minute, you guys want to kill each other, like you know. It's one of those ones that, like, sometimes you can kind of suspend that disbelief and just be like, all right, whatever. Like they've, they, you know, they can exist in different worlds on the same brand or whatever. But I don't know what these two dudes can. Like the way that this feud's been built up, like it's got to be one or the other. So it's got to be goes comes away at the
3: expense of the others.
0: Exactly. Right. They they cannot exist in this world together so it's like you know one of the guys so yeah that might be a a, a real good reason to to send um gargano Johnny on and, his way yeah 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 and i think that's good for out what you're doing too.
3: no right right because then at that point so let's say alistair black beats almost here which i don't think is impossible i don't necessarily think it's likely but it could happen but if black beats almost here the black and champa feud like the black heart versus the black mass like there's clearly an angle there and chapa would be a good foil for alistair black
0: right yeah no for sure i see just i in general I just see a lot more for Ciampa on NXT than I do for, for, for Gargano right now and that's Absolutely. not to say again like I love Gargano and I adore him but yeah it's just like you feel like there's so much more for Ciampa to sort of do and different angles for him to go and, and it feels so empty for Gargano right now at this point with NXT like if he comes back he's kind of the old guy that like graduated and still you know it's like oh okay dude like what are you still doing here like did you graduate like a year ago I was like yeah whatever like I'll just have yeah, good man, I just saw it. a millionaire at this high school bro right he's I'm doing my gap year and you're like all right dude just like go away <laughs> we're good yeah, like don't we we don't really need you you're kind of just so yeah No, that that uh, i'm kind of with you on that one i think the match itself i we haven't really talked about that i mean do you see this being just a all a brawl do you see it being i mean obviously the unsanctioned part makes it sort of that and
3: and yeah, we're gonna be like all over the arena is kind of what i feel like uh, I, i'm not how does unsanctioned work so there's still going to be a referee it's one of those dumb things that
0: one of those trophy things that they do where it's like, I'm not, it's unsanctioned, but we're going to have referee and announcers and lights and entrances. No, no, I, exactly. I just I want <laughs> yeah. I, I to no, understand.
3: Is it like does unsanctioned translate to no terms, no disqualifications, no count outs? So, it's like I would a match.
0: assume like no holds barred essentially.
3: Yeah. Okay. And uh, maybe false count anywhere as well.
0: Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I don't know if they've actually even have they, I don't think they said it. They just said it. No, no. They, they're they're
3: still, yeah, right, like, they're like it's unsanctioned, but I, obviously that means that there's still going to be some sort of way to bring this to a definitive close. And that would involve rules.
0: Yeah. I, I'm trying to, so I'm looking at the official. I think the official rules of a no holds barred is obviously there's no DQs and whatnot, but that the the pinfalls have to take place in the ring.
3: Right. Is that what unsanctioned means? No holds barred? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I know they're really similar and I know it seems semantical, but I'm just, I want to try to understand the rules of this match to try to understand what I think the structure would be. Cause like in my head, I'm almost sort of picturing the empty arena Super Bowl halftime match between The Rock and Mankind. Uh, where they just fight all over the place but then there's like another variant where it's more just like they fight all over the entryway in the ring because this thing still has to end up in the ring
0: right exactly yeah but I, I do like the idea of Ciampa like pinning Gargano with a forklift and a bunch of pallets or something Absolutely. Like that. well, that's, that's a good
3: finish that's strong or like
0: that's strong. Or, uh, you know like pallets worth of Johnny Gargano like printed out uh you know smiles like there was a delivery of them like two skids of like you know a bunch of for handouts and he pins them underneath those or whatever yeah, that'd be pretty good but no I'd imagine that it's probably just gonna be brawling like in and around the ring type stuff maybe in the crowd a little bit and I think one of the aspects and you mentioned a little bit is Champa's you know, you know health is, is is there but I don't know I, I I think the reports are that he's still a little shaky and whatnot and that could be a good reason to have him have this match without it necessarily being kickouts, bunch of near falls, bunch of great spots or whatever. You can do kind of brawly stuff and and that's fine. Like you can hit a guy with a chair even if your knee's a little sore or whatever. So I think that's right, gonna right. be a little bit of what we're gonna do. Cause I don't think he's quite a hundred percent ready to have you know, his sort of level match or what the level match that, you know, him and and, uh, him and Gargano could have. So I think the idea of the no holds bar and the brawling and whatnot. So I think some people might get disappointed by that, but I'm kind of into it because I think this feud, this feud too, like you don't go in They can't go in the ring and have a tie up and then like a bunch of like kickouts and near fall. Like they should
3: want to hit each other with like pretty much ever. I mean, in the case of Johnny storyline wise, it, it, it cost him his career at NXT. Like his business is finished there and he was on, this arc to become the champion and really had it cut off at the bend by Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, we kind of forget about that narrative-wise because I don't think any of us ever thought that Johnny was going to win the belt over Almas during any of those matches. But the way they told the story, Johnny was right about to win the title and then Ciampa came in and took it away from him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so that, that as far as the win, I think you and I are both predicting uh, Ciampa wins this one, correct?
3: Yes, that, that's okay. the right answer. Will they do that? I hope so.
0: I hope so too, as well. So uh, and then we'll get to the main event here. Uh, Andrade has seen Almas defending his title against uh, Aleister Black. This is just a straight-up singles match. No holds barred, none of that stuff. Um, no, no holds barred, I should say. <laughs> so no, double, no. This, this yeah, this get the double negative up. in there. Holds are definitely barred in this one. But uh, yes. uh, as far as this guy, you mentioned a little bit earlier, but uh, in your mind, Almas retains. you think that's probably the best story?
3: I think so. I I think there's still room to run with the Almas character. Like Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas have, in my mind, were one of the nicest surprises of 2017. It really clicked. And you wouldn't necessarily have looked at either one of them individually and been like, oh yeah, this is a main event act. Zelina Vega's a little short. Albus uh, was not really working without Zelina Vega. And you put these two together, it clearly works. And I think it's still got room to run because they haven't really fully explored the emotional dynamic between Vega and Almas at this point. So there's a lot of story to tell still. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and that's
0: that's the exact reason why I would not give it to Aleister Black, even though I know that you kind of stifle a little bit of him. But I feel like he's a guy that is kind of tough on in fine. that sense. Yeah, like it doesn't really matter. You, you know, his character isn't motivated. We're we're actually not quite sure what he's motivated by, except for he's just kind of like a guy that's kind of creepy and dark or whatever. But yeah, again, like he's fine, and you're you're still kind of early in his run where where you can explore this again or whatever. But yeah, if you if if, if almost just loses here, I feel like there's there's not much left for him to do. You look at, I don't think he's ready for the main roster quite yet. I think there's there's just much there's so much more left for him to do in NXT and. As you mentioned, this is Vega thing. We've seen a little bit of a a change as well, which I do enjoy as well, where Almas is now taking a little bit more Control of his character and a little bit more control of the promos, which is a good sort of development because we obviously knew when he when he first came in they wanted him to learn English and it was a complete disaster. And then Vega completely turned his character around by by coming in and and being the mouthpiece or whatever. Well, now we're seeing a little bit of interplay where where she'll talk and then he'll talk and then he, she'll talk. I, so it's really cool. And like you said, there's there's so much more left in that 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 relationship and so much more to kind of dig into. And I like the idea that he's this like unbeatable champion now. I mean, he felt like for a while he was the fluky champion. Now he kind of feels like the champion that that belongs. And I think that's a great story to tell as well. I, I I, I would love the idea. if Alistair Black gives it his all, but almost is just better on this night. And it's like, oh shit! Like this dude has went through Gargano. He's went through Alistair Black. Like he's he's just good. And now it's like it's gonna be tough to figure out what's next for him and 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 figure out you know who's the next challenger for him. But I like that idea. I like the dominant champion idea because if you go to Alistair Black, it, I, I don't know. It just doesn't. It's quite not see nearly well. as
3: interesting. I, right. I, like I like Alistair Black a lot. I think he is a a, a really good wrestler. Uh, I think he'll be fine taking this loss here and. I mean, we we haven't even really entertained the idea of like what Almas and Vega's dynamic would be like if they were on the good guy side of the ledger, too, because you could totally see Almas standing up for his teeny tiny girlfriend um, who could be besieged upon. So like like th- there's just a lot more variations of stories you could tell with these two than you can with Alistair Black, who is supposed to be the silent, quiet, brooding type.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I, I I like the idea of of, of a character like Almus being that sort of the champion. He's like you know your classic sort of wrestling champion, dude. guy that, guy that wears the suits, guys that you know. And I, I like that idea that like your heel champion is that sort of dude. That he's the suit wearing guy, the good looking guy. He's he's built. He's got the babe. He's got you know great hair. Like I like that. Whereas Alistair Black, I mean, I, I I like you know of course I, I like Elster Black, but I love. I love the the, the, the the kind of classic heel champion in, in, in all And I think the character is good. And as you said, there's just so much more to dig into there with Vega. And yeah, we haven't even seen, seen them have a babyface run, which I think they absolutely could
3: definitely right. have. Yeah, it's, mind, it's so. really plausible with those two because he's not huge. Um, so like the idea that he could still be an underdog is very much a real thing. And she's so tiny that anytime you put her in peril narratively, it'll play super well visually.
0: I always forget how small she is, and I think it was last week on NXT, she was going up the ramp, and I saw her, and she was, you know, walking right next to almost. and you see that she comes up to like his mid-hip, and you're like, oh my god, like you are so tiny, but yeah, sometimes you kind of forget that, but like you said, yeah, there's a lot of dynamics they can play with there, and a lot of fun stuff they can do, so, so I'm right with you on that one, um, do, you, do you think it's pretty likely that Almas went, retains the title, have, do you have a good kind of feel for the build, and feel for, you know, who's going to come away, or is that sort of you saying what you think's going to, or what you want to happen versus what you think's going to happen, or do you think Almas ret- as well
3: if I had to bet I, I would bet but if you're asking me for odds I'm like somewhere between 60 40 and 70 30 so okay. let's put the difference at 65 35
0: right, that sounds good yeah I'm, I'm I want to think and I'm definitely yeah more on the side that that, that it almost retains but yeah it's, it's always hard to know with these NXT titles like sometimes they can go there and, and, and sort of surprise you a bit so uh, we'll let's, see where it goes but
3: be, let, let's play this game real quick who would be Black's challenger after Almas, because obviously he has the Almas rematch. Um, who would Black storyline arc towards in that case? <sighs> and I guess that's one of the problems. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know. have a hard time immediately visualizing it myself too.
0: I maybe like, but man, I'm
3: cold. The but why? Yeah, I was gonna say the yeah. undisputed era is what they've set the table with. But I mean, the undisputed era has got their oh. shit with Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne now, and and that at least seems to be going on for a while because they've now laid down some rail on the idea of Pete Dunn having a feud with the Undisputed Era. So either Dunn would have to join the Undisputed Era or finish up his business with the Undisputed Era in order for the Undisputed Era to have the freedom to go after Alistair Black full on.
0: Yeah, but there's not really another. I mean, Lars Sullivan or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's like, yeah, guys no,
3: like that. it's not the right time to do it with Lars Sullivan at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I, there's not really a clear direction or way. Uh, like you, you sort of said, I guess Champa. You know, if if, right. if one, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, that's about the only one that I could see, which would be really cool. Right, it kind of went in that direction, but then you have Almas and Gargano, who were then kind of sacrificed and. And what's left for those guys? Then they either just move up, and I don't know that that's quite a good fit for them. And we're, and and yeah, I'm I'm right with you. I really do hope that almost does retain here because I think there's so much more to kind of dig into and, and and do with with that character. But um. What do you think? So, when it's all said and done, we'll kind of close out here a little bit. You know, a few more questions here. Sure. When it's all said and done, what match do you think is the one that people talk about? Is there going to be a match in the show that's going to really emerge from the weekend of like, oh my God, that match was awesome? Or, you know, at the end of the year, we're going to mention this match as as among matches of the year. Is there anyone that you think is going to reach
3: that level on the show? I hate to say this, Rich, but I'm not seeing that on this card. I I just am not seeing the. End of the year, we talk about this like it's a classic. Uh, Gargano and Ciampa could, if Ciampa was fully healthy and they were doing a different type of match, be that type of match that we're going to talk about all year, right? But because they're doing the plunder match, because Ciampa is not fully healthy, I don't think we're going to get there. Almost in black could really surprise us, though, and be a very good match, if not a classic
0: yeah that's one that I definitely see having the, the, the potential to do that and the one that I think stands out a little bit more the ladder match you know because it's a ladder match you can say maybe. that but maybe I got I, too many people and I don't know if that has enough of the right people to, to to get that dynamic of course the tag match is a triple threat tag and, too and many that maybe but again yeah I'm right with you there's just a lot of different numbers there I don't know if Ember Moon has the capacity for that nor do I think Baszler
3: I mean like we've, we've seen these two work and like Baszler is still working out stuff and definitely making solid improvements Ember Moon is what ember moon is at this point and you can kind of real quickly do the math in your head and go like okay this match would be fine but it's not gonna be like five stars
0: and then uh yeah like you said the the, the grano champa the problem is i don't know that the match is designed to be that way like it right. might be one of the most entertaining matches of the weekend it might be one of those but it's not going to be one that you're going to go oh my god that was incredible you got to see this match or whatever it's gonna be one that's in the moment if you're there live at, at, at takeover or you're watching live Uh, on WWE Network, you're going to be like super into it and it's going to be fun and exciting and oh my God, what's going to happen? But then it's not going to have that like retention to you. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be months down the line. You're not going to be like, oh, you got to go out of your way and watch that match. It's going to be very much an in-the-moment match and it's going to rule for what it's going to try to do, but it's not going to be that sort of polished, you know, match that we're saying, like you said, because of Ciampa's injury and because of the feud. And the feud doesn't dictate a back and forth you know great match it, it dictates a fucking brawl and a fight and that's what it's going to be and, and and yeah I guess you you really left with almost in black which I think does have the potential to be pretty good and we've seen almost have you know really really great matches this year yeah uh, with Gargano and I think Alistair Black can obviously go toe-to-toe with him as well so I'm really looking forward uh, to that one uh, Chris before we get out of here any other uh, shows that you're looking forward to or watching this weekend uh, uh, this WrestleMania weekend
3: um, I will definitely be watching WrestleMania uh, and I obviously am not going to be in New Orleans so I'm not going to catch some of the live ones this year unfortunately oh damn you're not uh, yeah
0: so are, are you planning on watching any of the other stuff live or are you going to kind of catch things on demand and see what people sort of hype up and talk about
3: uh, yeah I'll be checking to see what the buzz is I, you know Rich I, I am never not busy these days between having a news <laughs> right, podcast right. having the all the family podcast doing his occasional spots here on voice of wrestling Uh I find a way to keep busy. I, I, I actually, I need to solve this sleep thing because if I can just get the sleep down to about three and a half hours a night, <laughs> then, then I'll have all the time in the day to get everything I want done.
0: Yeah, I'm at about six now. That's that's about the way that I do it is I just sleep six hours, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's not healthy. Don't do that. Don't do what I'm doing. No, no. Damn. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, definitely. So you'll be checking out TakeOver. Of course, you'll be checking out WrestleMania uh, before we officially get out of here. Do you want to let people know where they
3: can find you on Twitter, where they can find the rest of your work and any other good things you want to get out of the way? Absolutely. Thank you. At C H R I S N O V E M B R I N O is where you can find me on Twitter. My news and politics show is called Don't Worry About the Government. That is at don'tworry.tv or patreon.com slash D W A T G. And I also do the All in the Family podcast, which you can find at allinthefamilypodcast.com or patreon.com slash All in the Family. Rich, thank you so much for having me on Voice of Wrestling. I. I right love being on this network. Uh, no, thank you yeah, very much. Seriously. No,
0: we'll, we'll definitely have to make this uh, a more regular occurrence than every four years. Guys, I just want to take a quick break from our big WrestleMania preview to let you know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Dollar Shave Club. And guys, your bathroom called. It's time to give it the cleaning it deserves. Get rid of all the junk that's lying around. Freshen up with high quality products from Dollar Shave Club. Members like me, we get everything we need for a morning routine delivered right to our door. I just got a shipment a few days ago. I'm um, leaving on vacation for a few days, and nothing gets you ready for a vacation like a great package from Dollar Shave Club, and of course, with WrestleMania weekend coming, you guys can still order and still make sure that you are looking your best this weekend. So here's a scoop. Dollar Shave Club is more than just razors. It's better than shopping at the store. Dollar Shave Club has everything that you need for your bathroom. They got razors. They have shave butter. They have shampoo. They have body wash. They have toothpaste. They have everything. Everything you need to look Smell and feel your absolute best. I get an amazing high quality shave every single morning for my dollar shave club executive razor It is without a doubt the best razor I have ever used the nurse uses it. She loves it She demands, I I order Dollar Shave Club every single month, and it's exactly, it's it's the best. That executive razor is unbelievable. Also, the Dr. Carver Shave Butter, we've talked about it before. It's fantastic as well. It goes on clear, so you can see what you're shaving, and since Dollar Shave Club delivers everything to you, you don't have to step foot in a store, wander a bunch of aisles, get the random key that opens up the razors, and figure out what body wash is going to work for you, none of that. You're done with that. What you're going to do right now is you're going to clean your bathroom and your morning routine. You're going to join Dollar Shave Club today. And just for 5 bucks that's only $5, with free shipping, you will get a six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of the shave butter, the body cleansers, and the infamous One Wipe Charlies. Then, the blades keep coming for just a few bucks more a month. Get yours today. DollarShaveClub.com slash voices. That's DollarShaveClub.com slash voices. And we thank them, of course, for sponsoring this week's episode. All right. And to help me preview the granddaddy of them all, it is Andrew Rich. Andrew, how is it
4: going? Uh, it is going, uh, it is a a pleasure and a privilege to finally be on the flagship podcast, uh, a special edition of the flagship, of course, but still a flagship all the same with you, Rich. Uh, I wonder though, do you realize maybe it's the irony of it all or the meta-ness of it all that we're talking about a show? I, I think I know where you're going uh, here. I don't like it at all, Andrew. We're talking about a show I can that cut you will likely... off right now. I can cut you off right damn now. A show that will likely last, I don't know, <laughs> eight hours or so, Wrestlemania. We're talking about it on a podcast that will likely go eight hours or so. I mean, it, it, it goes hand in hand here, the length of of one show and the other show here. And so I think we'll spend
0: some of the time complaining about how long the show's going to go, yeah. which is equally ironic. I thought you were going to go in the direction of also that you uh, you kicked my ass on the, uh, the, uh,
4: the five. Well, that too. I don't want but... to brag. I don't want to brag. I, I, I we we did uh, engage in combat recently over <laughs> WrestleMania. we become better friends, you know. Oh
0: yes, yes. Good uh, friends, better enemies, but very still yes. good friends though. We had a handshake
4: afterwards. Yes. You know, I, I gave the
0: title I, to you. I I, I, I didn't want a title. I I didn't really want a match, so I should yeah. not the title. But I still gave you a
4: title. I yes. did hit you with a fake leg. Uh, no. <laughs> But that's
0: it. It's only cost
4: to let Sean. But uh, you know, we we came out of it uh, better allies. You know, in the end. So I agree. Yeah, we'll have some good tag matches. Then we'll probably break up again pretty soon. Yeah, we'll win the tag
0: belts and then break up again, and we'll figure out. What oh yes. Yeah. But uh, people that don't know you, Andrew. Uh, you want to let everybody know where they can find the rest of your work, where they can find you on Twitter, and all that other good stuff.
4: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew T Rich, uh, just like that. Uh, I have a podcast on the lovely Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network called Music of the Mat. It is a wrestling music podcast. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at music of the mat. And by the time this comes out, uh, it should already be out, but or not, but it'll, soon, it'll be out soon around this time. Uh, my, the latest episode uh, with Jeff Hawkins of shake them ropes uh, will be episode 30 uh, talking about funny enough, uh, WrestleMania themes, volume two. So check that out. Uh, it's, it's a whole big bunch of fun. Um, and also, I write things occasionally for VoicesOfWrestling.com, so check, that all out. check it all out there.
0: I feel it might maybe listen to this, and you have never listened to music than like Matt. I hundred percent. I mean, it is it is. I love all my children equally, of <laughs> course, but I do like some children a little bit more <laughs> than equal. And you guys are definitely one of those children. I mean, I, the the show uh, is just an incredible look at, at at you know, and obviously you have a new, little bit of a new format now that that Chris has, has moved on. I mean, not to, he's not dead; he's he's still alive, and he's just moved <laughs> on to you a bigger, better non wrestling things. But uh, so yes. no, I think the format change has been pretty great as well. I think everything is is great with that show. And if you have not listened to it, it's pretty much evergreen. Like you can go back and listen to episode two, and it's not you're really gonna miss all that much but it's a super deep look super interesting look at at the music of of pro wrestling. and i think more than that even there's a lot of history involved in it too which i think i enjoy so if you're like oh i don't really care all that much about you know the themes themselves or the music themselves i think you do a great job of engaging people in it And i think if you do a great job of, of breaking out some of the history uh and why those themes change and a little bit of the background of it as well so I, i've told everybody and everybody that's ever listened to it ends up pretty ho- much hooked afterwards like i'll get friends are like ah yeah that sounds all right that's, and i'm like no no i'm telling you you gotta listen to this and every single time they come back going like oh my god that's it's awesome and and now they just listen all the time so uh definitely want to check that out if you have not before music of the mat definitely worth your time nice compact episodes they don't go three hours they're much smarter about that oh no, uh, so nice easy listens uh, you can do them in one sitting as opposed to our behemoth of a show so uh uh pretty great but no definitely check it out music of the mat on the uh, voice wrestling podcast network but uh let's get to old wrestlemania 34 now i'm going to list the card andrew you can uh, get your laundry ready uh, maybe a <laughs> meal uh, we'll check back with you in about a half an hour after i'm done listing all the matches I'll get to, the bathroom uh, preview of, so go do whatever you got to do you know <laughs> whatever you know i got to run to the grocery store. I'll be here. I'll I'll be listening. But uh, all right. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm going to list all the matches first. Uh, This does not include one match that we all know is going to happen, but I'll mention that at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here are the officially announced matches as of the time of this writing. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal with the uh, ovary themed (laughs) trophy, which somehow (laughs) found a way to make it not worse, but like still bad. Like you could have just, you know, Just giving them a normal trophy. It doesn't have to look like ovaries, but you know hey, do it. Do what you got to do. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali for the uh, vacant WWE Cruiserweight Championship. The Usos versus the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers. That's for the SmackDown tag team titles. Cesaro and Sheamus versus Braun Strowman and To Be Decided for the Raw tag team titles. Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Women's. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship. Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and Rusev. We added a fourth in there with the WWE United States Championship. You got The Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. We have AJ Styles <laughs> versus K Nakamura for the WWE Championship. And then for the Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And, of course, uh, I think we all kind of assume, and I, I I really hope they pay this off. If they don't, it'd be kind of a big move. Uh, John Cena versus uh, The Undertaker, of course, also at WrestleMania. So that's 14 matches by my count right now, uh, Andrew. That is a doozy right there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this card and and just the... The, the amount of matches on it. I mean, this is this is a throwback. This is like WrestleMania Five throwback. Unfortunately, yeah. like what's different is those were like four minute matches, and these yeah. are not going to be. I don't <laughs> think. Uh,
4: I mean, looking at the card, I'll say there's some damn good matches here. Oh, it's a spectacular card. Maybe like A.G. Nakamura is going to be great. Uh, Charlotte Asuka, um, uh, 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 Alexander Ali. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, even, you know, you know uh, Daniel and Shane versus Owens and Zane, because it's, it's Daniel Bryan coming back, baby. So uh, it, it, there's plenty here to enjoy. Uh, even, it's hard. I can't even look at one, ma- well, maybe one match, but one met ma- like, all the matches pretty much, for the most part, all look really good on paper. And, um, you know, hopefully, it, 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 the pace keeps up nice and we're not exhausted by match five, It's going to be a long night, but hopefully, uh, you know, it all flows together and. It just becomes a, a whole you know, big WrestleMania of, of joy for us all. Uh, f- yeah, fingers, fingers crossed, of course. No, and I'm right with you. I mean, when
0: I look at the card, I mean, the only match that I really think kind of stinks and it, it actually doesn't stink as much as it did a few days ago is the uh, Randy Orton-Bobby Rude uh, Jinder Hall match, which was the original three-way. Mm. Adding Rusev to it at least adds it up a little bit because Rusev's awesome. And you know now that the crowd's not just going to be sitting there going, oh God, why can this be yeah. over? Because Rusev's in there. So like, you're going to have, you know, 80,000 people or whatever screaming Rusev day. So like, now that match is awesome. And like, that's totally going to take over the match, so so that makes that kind of a fun aspect. So that the, even the match that I didn't really wasn't all that much into has gotten something there. And you know, I can I can kind of criticize you know WWE about the the build and whatnot, but I think all in all, and and I'm curious on your thoughts too. I think this has been a pretty well built WrestleMania. I think they've done a great job. Building pretty much every match. I mean, every match seems like it's got a reason. Every match seems like there's some weight to it. Every match seems like there's you know a, 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 some sort of thing to sort of hold on to and some sort of thing to sink your teeth into,
4: which is is not easy on a 14 match card. Mm. Yeah, it's tough to give every match time as a as a build to build it up. But looking at the list here, I think I, from what I could tell, everything has been pretty much been built up pretty evenly. Which is, is yeah, maybe the Battle Royals are the only ones they really have. not Yeah, been yeah, by. I mean. But, those whatever are, I mean, okay. yeah exactly yeah
0: cuz i mean you you have the entrance here and i guess let's um Kind of chime in real quick. The eyes of the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, the entrants that we have right now are uh, Wilder and Dawson, uh, Baron Corbin, Mojo Raleigh, Ty Dillinger, Matt Hardy, Dolph Ziggler, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango. Yes, because when you have you know 14 matches on a card, you're left with you know Dash Wilder, Scott Dawson, and Dolph Ziggler in, in, in your Battle Royal. But I'm sure Dolph's real happy about that, too, when there's like yeah. 45 people on the show and he's in <laughs> Battle Royal. But uh, yeah, that one's going to be not great, probably. But it's going to be short. I mean, it's not going to be some bloated long... Battle royal, but it's uh, a battle royal. I mean, it is what it is. So. And then on the women's side, the uh, WrestleMania women's battle royal, they much uh, <laughs> talked about women's battle royal. Uh, you got Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, Naomi, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Bailey, and Lana. So there's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more there, and I think there's enough, you know, history of it or whatnot. So I think it's going to be a pretty solid match. I think it's going to get uh, some decent time as well. But uh, yeah, it's obviously had its, uh, its, uh, you know, <laughs> struggles getting here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to happen, and someone's going to walk away with a very oddly shaped trophy.
4: Yes. Uh... I mean, history-making, we'll say that a thousand times over, I'm sure. But, yeah, if you're going to get people on the card, I'd rather this than another multi-woman title match, to be honest with you, because um, it's been a while since we've had, uh, you know, one singles match, or, or w- one singles women's match on a card, a WrestleMania, let alone two. So it's pretty uh, pretty cool that, you know, they, they managed to keep those uh, matches pretty special i guess in a way and and a, a battle royal here is just fine you'll know, get people on the card of course but um it's funny rich i was looking this up there were actually some alternate names that were considered after mula um the joy giovanni memorial battle royal <laughs> yes okay what about which a good is, one which is weird because she's not dead uh the shaniqua memorial battle royal that was another <laughs> one and with so much heat, I thought they had a lot of heat on her, but I like of sort of bury the hatchet. Yeah, for the hatchet, it wasn't bury the act. bury the hatchet, right? yeah. yeah, the hatchet the the hatchet, yeah that's and good. I, and uh, one last one here, this is an, an odd one, the Little Boogeyman <laughs> Memorial Battle, home, which I thought was in very poor taste. Yeah, right. I mean,
0: on, at least, you know, but uh, yeah, no, the, those are, I mean, Shaniqua, I think, would have been, the Joy, actually, the Gio Giovanni one I like pretty much. Yeah. Because, you know, you can, I, as you said, she's not dead, you can confirm that. Yeah, I well, do not, not know here. the living status of George uh, Giovanni. Okay, because get getting wheeler out there or whatnot. And I yeah. I see wheel like I don't know that she's in a wheelchair. I just mean like I think generally, you can ever come out and, like wave to the crowd or whatever. Like George Giovanni, everybody. But uh, <laughs> is the original Don Marie still alive? Because that might be a good. Um,
4: oh, I don't know as well. That's not my territory of trivia.
0: Yeah, why would George Giovanni be in a wheelchair? Is she like thirty two at this point? <laughs>
4: Well, that's your idea. I, I didn't say she was in a wheelchair. You said wheel her out. I mean, come on. How old is she? I'm going to look up Joy Giovanni right now. Okay,
0: she is only 40, so I, I would hope that she is I think not, she's uh, fine. wheelchair-bound. But uh, let's see how Joy Giovanni is looking these days. Uh, probably probably pretty good. I mean, she was a very uh, attractive woman in her day. Oh, yeah, okay. Doesn't look a day above 40. No, she looks expensive Okay, so you can never come out. I'm, Memorial is a little bit in bad taste, but uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> that <be> <laughs> like that too. But uh, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll be pretty interesting. And I think you mentioned the women's matches here. So I think let's get to these right now because I think that's that fascinating what you mentioned there is that you got Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax, obviously, for the Raw women's title. And then Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the SmackDown women's title. So you got two... Well, in, in my mind, pretty well-built matches. I mean, Charlotte Flair and Asuka's had some, you know, weird road bumps along the way. Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax has had its, you know, issues and whatnot. But I think more than anything, it, it's – I'm – I'm on board because it's like you said, it's singles matches. It's not what we've been used to. I mean, obviously there was there was many years where the women were there to be in pillow fights and yeah. you know, roll around with the the Miller Light girls or whatnot, and we've moved on to that. And now it became a little bit more of the you know women's evolution thing, and that became a let's get as many people on as we can and have these four ways and five ways and all sort of stuff. And now this year, it's really what a lot of us have been clamoring for: the real way to feature women and have a women's revolution is have two big matches, yep. your top stars. The biggest matches of the year with the big, with, with, you know, with the, the, the pillars of the division. And that's what we're seeing here with Charlotte Flair and Asuka. I mean, that that one just really sticks out as like this incredible, you know, one with a ton of, you, you know, you got Charlotte Flair, obviously the champion defending against the undefeated streak of Asuka. There's just a lot of good stuff there And in, in your mind. You know, what are your thoughts on, on that one? The Charlotte Flair versus Asuka? And I guess a, a little bit of a prediction. Who do you think comes away? Does Asuka keep her undefeated streak alive?
4: Uh, this match should be pretty fucking awesome. I, I could probably tell that right now. Um, as far as who's going to win, I mean, Asuka's still on Raw. That's kind of a tricky thing. So I imagine she'll win and perhaps move to SmackDown to sort of become the anchor of that brand maybe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's yeah, – given this company, you know, there's a good chance that they might have her lose the streak at Mania. Although, although I've seen – uh, reports that possibly building up a match between Asuka and Rousey next year, so uh, I can see. I guess the more likely scenario probably would be d- for Asuka to win uh, the belt and maybe move to SmackDown and sort of get a- another year-long reign, perhaps another young another year on the undefeated streak, and uh, then build her up for Rousey for Mania 35. So, but yeah, it should be should be pretty damn awesome, I think. Um, and actually, I was looking this up as well. Um, the last time a WrestleMania, and the only time before this that Mania has had two women's singles matches on the same card was Mania 22, which was Mickey versus Trish. Right. And Tori versus Candice in a Playboy <laughs> pillow fight. <laughs> I forgot. All right, so <laughs> half credit for that so one. So but- on the one hand, you had this like really, you know, intense, you know, kind of cool singles match. The other hand, you had a Playboy pillow fight. Yeah, but we've, we've definitely come a long way. Thank we've come it. a long way, for sure, for sure.
0: No, I'm into this match as well, and I, I'm leaving. I'm leaning towards Asuka as well because I just don't feel like it's a great time for her to lose. And I don't think Charlotte Flair loses much, you know, by, by yeah, losing the yeah. title, and you know she can move on to Raw and do some different things or whatnot. But it really, I think, Asuka, you got a good thing going here. You got the undefeated streak that you kind of you, you've built up. So to me, in my mind, it'd be a better idea to have Asuka win and, and, and sort of work her because again, like I said, I don't think Charlotte Flair loses anything by losing this match, and I think Asuka gains a ton by winning it. So I think that that'd be a great yeah. choice uh, as well. We go to the Raw side. You got Alexa Bliss, the champion, defending against Nia Jax. Of course, this. Kind of a um, there's been some some questions about the build of this because obviously Alexa Bliss is, is is using Nia's weight to kind of you know weight and 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 height to sort of you know poke at her and prod at her as 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 the heel and Nia Jax is kind of the conquering babyface this to to avoid kind of a Booker T Triple H situation Nia Jax is kind of have to win right
4: yeah we we need we need the, the babyface to go over here absolutely because I mean otherwise I mean shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: you don't don't do that on, yeah. I,
4: We've seen before,
0: and yeah. it was a bad idea.
4: It was a terrible yeah. idea. We we've seen meltdowns before, and if this happens, we'll have yet another meltdown on, on the old Twitter.com. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, build up aside, I like I like the dynamic of the bigger baby face going after the smaller shit kicker heel. It, it reminds me of like um, remember when Kane and X Pac had their feud? And right. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kane yeah. was like the bigger guy, but he was like the more sympathetic babyface, and X Pac was just a little shithead heel who was kind of going after him. I like that. It's a nice little change of dynamic here, as opposed to the smaller underdog going after the bigger monster. So it's pretty cool to see this you know dynamic change here. And uh, yeah, Nia Nia should or Nia should should win the match for sure.
0: Uh, it, 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 if you were kind of predicting or you had money on this, would you, would you have Nia winning or would I would, you, yes, the I would. Man doesn't care. Yeah, ah, I, God, I know. Man. I
4: know <laughs> <laughs> like, taking out Vince's uh, old 70 year old brain out of this one. Uh, N- Nia should win and hopefully will win. Um, Cause Alexa has been the champion for so long. Cause like, I think I saw a stat, a, a, a stat here that ever since Alexa debuted on the main roster, She's been a champion either on Raw or SmackDown like 70% of the time. So she's been a champion yeah, for okay. that so makes long. Um, but yeah, it's hopefully Nia wins. And I think Nia will win. And she's, So she's had the Raw title since August.
0: Yes. <laughs> I don't remember the end, of August, the end of August, but still, yeah. I mean, 213 days that we recorded this and then obviously in counting. So yeah, that's uh, a good idea to move it on and, and, and let Nia get it. And I think the story definitely lends itself to that as well. So hopefully yeah, they, yeah. they made the credit call there. But um you know, I, I it feels weird that we're going to kind of preview this one, you know, right now, and this should be a bigger deal, but it's, like, <laughs> it shows just how ridiculous the show is, but, like, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, like, Versus Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Oh, by the way, Daniel Bryan's wrestling. Yeah, Like, hey, I yeah. uh, remember him. Like Daniel Bryan. Like, I, it, it's it, it speaks to how just ridiculous as many is that it's like, oh yeah, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he's cool. He's wrestling. <laughs> like, like you know when you're watching the promos. And obviously, we're all hyped up last week when he made his comeback. And then I'm like reading the matches and going through, and I'm like, oh yeah, Daniel Bryan. Like,
4: you know, yeah. it's just like, oh okay, cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. But uh, yeah, so I mean, fucking Daniel Bryan's back. What the hell? Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. Again, I mean. He's been out for, you know, uh, two years now, and now he's back to wrestle. And, uh, you know, even though this match has, you know, not a singles match, which we probably all want, but he's getting in the ring again. And he's getting in the, in the ring with Sammy and Kevin, who are, you know, obviously two great guys and can work with them really well. She, Shane is the big question mark here. Uh, given uh, his recent uh, medical history, um, I, don't, I don't know – I don't know how, really, how he's going to do here. Um, do you have any predictions about... Uh, I have no idea. So his, as we're
0: recording this, and of course, like I don't know if anything is going to rapidly change. We're recording this on the 30th. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we talked about the diverticulitis and whatnot. I, I yeah. assume that's correct. Like I don't think that's like a work. That'd be a yeah. really elaborate work. But uh, as far as I know, I guess he's still on the show, sort of. I don't know why. He probably should not be if that's yeah. really what he had. But uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I. D- I don't know. So that that's kind of leaving some of my because you yeah, got Dan O'Brien, who obviously is kind of trying to work himself back into in shape and whatnot. Uh, teaming with Shane McMahon who might not be able to, you know, walk or like shouldn't be alive or, you know, should be definitely in a hospital bed or like hanging out at home. Uh, so I guess Dana Bryan has to take most of the match, but then like Owens and Zayn can't really work this light because of the way the feud's been built. Like it can't be a match that's, and that's, I'm not saying that you, should, you have to work light with Brian, Brian or whatever, but I'm just saying like the idea that like Darren's going to come out of retirement and then just have this like brutal beat down at the hands of yeah. Owens and Zayn. Like it, it's kind of weird. I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah. I, I, I'm, almost a little bit more interested in this match, not because, like, on its face, if it was just everybody was healthy, everybody was 100%, I think it'd be really good because, obviously, you have Dan O'Brien, <laughs> Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn, but there's a certain intrigue in to see, like, a yellow-skinned, you know, Tyron yeah. like, baby <laughs> Like Daniel Bryan, is was just like uh, I'm not really like 100 in shape. Like I'm pretty good, but like I don't know. And then like Owens and Zayn, who ha- who are great, but are going to have to play like very vicious guys because their 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 jobs are on the line. You know, quote unquote, their jobs are on the line. If they uh, they win, uh, they'll be rehired. And I assume there's going to be a lot of shenanigans. Like I think a lot of people assume there's going to be a heel turn, whether it's Brian or Shane or someone. But uh, it's just a lot of stuff going on in this yeah. match. It's just a, a very uh, voluminous match.
4: Yeah, we know we know Shane McMahon. And his propensity for doing crazy fucking shit. And if he wants to wrestle with diverticulitis and almost, you know, probably keel over in the match and (laughs) have to, you know, be carried to the back afterwards, I mean, God bless him for it. You know, he's his own man. He can do what he wants to do. Um, I wouldn't do it, obviously. uh, But I mean, it's, I am very curious as to see what's going to happen here. Um, Just in terms of like, not necessarily the story, because I think it's pretty obvious I think to me that Kevin and Sammy are going to win here because they need to get their jobs back if they win. Um, but just, just to see what's going to happen actually in the match and the action go on, because, um, yeah, Shane is Shane is Shane, and... If he if he's gonna die in the ring, then so so <laughs> be it. So long as his dad gives him a bat. So pack, long as his dad <laughs> finally tells me he loves him after, after so many after so many falls on into you know and off the stage and he survived a plane crash just so his yeah. dad. Could make, yeah. After his dad was like, oh goddamn, like, he's, that been, <laughs> he's been he's been choke slammed off the top rope through a table. He's fallen off the Tron multiple occasions. Also, his dad can say, good job, son. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure Shane, will, Shane will trudge out there all for that. Good job, son. Again, I open so. I V in his, his <laughs> yeah. arm.
0: He's got to wheel it out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just fascinated by this. Not not because of the way the reasons I were, or I was fascinated or we could go. But now just a whole new level of fascination with this one. Um yeah. We'll get to the other big tag match here in a little bit. So I wanted to get Cedric Alexander Mustafa. Ali. We published a really good article on voice by Griffin, who uh, broke down a little bit of these two guys journeys. And if you've not been watching two hundred five live, you definitely should go back and check this out. Uh, this match is awesome. Yes. Alexander versus Ali. And I, I don't know if it's going to go on the pre-show. Something has to go on the pre-show. I hope this one makes it to the main show, but I just hope it makes it somewhere where these guys get a lot of time. Uh, and I hope it's obviously not in front of like 20 people, like, yeah. you know, the, the Ryback versus whatever the hell match a few years ago, but um, least,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: that was right. yeah. I was like 15 people in the, in the crowd. Yeah. It was less than ideal. But yeah, Alexander Mustafa Ali. I mean, where are you at with this one? Because I, I, the problem is that time is going to be an issue. But if these guys get even 10 minutes or whatever to tell their stories and, and they do a video package or whatnot, you, you're going to have two stars on your hands because I think these two dudes are great and they have just great stories. And the whole tournament's been a real
4: revelation mm-hmm. for 205 Live. Yeah, this is one of the matches I think I'm looking forward to the most just in terms of just how simple it is. I mean, we got a tournament, 16 guys, one can win. The two guys in the finals really want to win. They're friends, but they they both want the title. It's so simple. This is what you should do with with 205 Live from the beginning. No no, no pirate costumes or, or Alicia Fox love triangles. Just this. Like, this is what you should do. And thankfully, after... I don't know, 18 months, we're finally getting this. And 205 Live has been a must watch show each and every week. The action, granted, granted that the crowd reactions are not getting better. I think, you know, for some of the matches, they've been able to garner responses. But I mean, for the most part, it's still, they're still kind of tepid because it is after SmackDown after all. But yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to this so much. And, you know, I, it's hard to, just, just to pick who was going to win either, because I want both guys to win, you know, uh, Cedric is a guy who has really struggled and has had opportunities before to get the title, but he, he's never been able to get it. I know that, uh, you know, at the Rumble, he was supposed to face Enzo for the title, and uh, we all know how that ended up. But uh, yeah, Ali is a guy who wants to prove himself because uh, he uh, he said in a promo that he was an alternate the cruiserweight classic and, yeah. and ever, ever since you know he's been trying to make his name in, in 205 live and try to make, make you know be, be a bigger, bigger star on that platform so what you have is two guys who really want to win who are friends but someone's got to win and someone's got to lose and just the promos they've been cutting just the simplicity of it all um i mean it, Ali, his promos as well, with the the black and white promos he's been cutting on his own Twitter, so great as well. I mean, he had a line in this most recent one that came out like today. Uh, He said, uh, Cedric, you are my brother. You are my friend. But at WrestleMania, you're not a friend. You're just in the way. And that's just fucking awesome. That just sums it up entirely. I want to win. No, I want to win. Let's have a match. We'll see who's the better man.
0: That's it, that's (laughs) That's all you need and tell their stories because these are these guys real stories I mean Mustafa Ali isn't is not making the shit up it's not like yeah. he, he just decided I'm going to be uh that my character's going to be a guy that was a cop and then he almost retired and then he didn't retire and then he was an alternate or whatever and it's all like real stuff and, and sometimes the real guys the real stories are the most yeah. fascinating stories Mustafa Ali just being a human being is the most fascinating <laughs> story on this card and Cedric Alexander has got a similar one too I mean obviously he was floating around in the indies really felt like he was going nowhere you know got himself in Schaefer 205 live and now the rest is history and, and, and he, now he's in this big spot but yeah biggest match for both of these guys and i do hope that it gets the time and i hope it gets uh you know the video package treatment it gets all the stuff it needs because i think this is one that i mean wh- even, even if it was a buffer like i feel like you could succeed even as that like i know that they might you know, I, because I don't want it on the pre-show. I, if yeah. it is, it, it, it's fine. It's whatever. But I think these guys are worth a little bit more, and I think there's a lot you can do with them on, on the main roster. Whether you want to sandwich it between two big, you know, weighty matches or whatnot, I think it's going to get the crowd over, and I think it's one that's definitely worth the a chance there. So I just hope, I just hope it gets that love because uh, yeah, it is yeah. certainly worth it. Um, how about the taxi matches we got here? So these ones I, I as far as well built, I don't know. These ones are probably lower on the on the list of, of well built matches. I mean, there's fourteen, it's not like you know, there's a ton of but uh Seamus and Cesaro versus Braun Strowman and to be decided. Andrew. Gun to your head.
4: Who is to be decided? Oh, uh, listen, man, Joy Giovanni. She's still out there. She's still, <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Uh,
0: I don't, I have not seen her booked on any other, uh, uh
4: WrestleMania weekend shows. So she but is, listen, that would be middle. a good match. For, have a good match for beyond, you know, the, the <laughs> star, but, uh, in any, in any event, uh, uh I probably going with Elias most likely. Cause I mean, he's hasn't been in the, he's not in the rumble, uh, the, um, the battle Royal yet. Hasn't been announced for that yet. Um, there's a good chance he could be in there with Braun. I know they have history recently. Kind of, again, the mismatched partners kind of deal. But, um, yeah, I think maybe Elias is the most likely option for me anyway. But, uh, yeah, this match should be good, I guess. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, a tag match. I mean, it's, it's the bar, and they're, they're a pretty damn good tag team right now. And Strowman is fun. He'll he'll do some crazy monster shit. And, uh yeah, it's uh, it's a match. That's all I got to say about it, really. <laughs> That's where I'm at too. Yeah, I don't I don't really have any super strong thoughts about it. Like a little disappointed that Braun
0: Strowman couldn't find anything better to do, and they couldn't really yeah. do. But I mean, all things considered, I, I whatever you know, it's, it's not a battle royal, and and what it's not like it's going to really deter it that much. I feel like you know it's all said and done, and the rest of the years is, is going to be Braun Strowman's time to kind of shine a little bit. But this is just sort of a, a distraction. But uh, assuming it's a lie, because I kind of agree that seems like the most. I, you know, the most ideal person to team with, with, with Braun, uh, any chance that Stroman and Elias actually win the titles or do you think that's a pretty strong possibility? Where were you at with uh, uh, kind of the prediction on this one?
4: Uh, I think they probably want to give Stroman a big win here to sort of maybe you know, get him back into that you know, winning status, I suppose, because he hasn't really won a, a big, big match in a long time. I don't think so. I, I think they'll give to Stroman here and give him a reign uh, finally to give him a title reign here.
0: And they got the SmackDown tag team titles. You got the Usos, the champions, defending against New Day, uh, defending uh, also against the Bludgeon Brothers. So you got a three way triple threat here. Uh, any kind of prediction or way that you see this going? It's kind of tough with these SmackDown tag titles. They bounce yeah, no. around and it doesn't really matter all that much. Somewhere to kind of New Japan's tag titles where they can, you know, there's yeah. not really enough. You know, it, it doesn't really all that much matter. I mean, the matches are usually pretty good, uh, and I don't think this will be any exception. But it's like it doesn't matter who wins.
4: <laughs> it's, no, you know, the next, the next
0: team could win a week later, and it doesn't. You know, there's never any sort of path or
4: or or, or whatever. Yeah. It could be Usos could be new day. It could be anyone really of the, of these three teams. Uh, uh, flip a coin here, a three sided coin. Uh, I'll go, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Usos here. There it is. The Usos. Yeah. yeah. Now the the rumor going around here, uh, is that this match might be a a TLC match because the WWE app kind of sent a message out and then they deleted it real quick. Uh, which is funny because if you remember last year, they set up a three-way t- t- title match on the Raw side of things, and then that became a ladder match at the last minute. Um, so we may see another history replay we, we itself here.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And of course, as I said, we're recording this on the thirtieth. So
4: if like, yeah, that happens, yeah. people are you idiots? It's a TLC match. Yeah, but
0: that's why you know we, we cannot yeah, look yeah, into yeah. the future. But uh, that'd be interesting. I um I don't know that the show needs a TLC match, but I won't complain about another T. Like yeah. you know again, TLC is like a, I mentioned. It's any sort of ladder match is kind of this way. Uh, Money in the banks are kind of this way. Royal Rumbles like e- e- even a, a really bad TLC is like still pretty good. It's, yeah. like the pizza, it's the pizza scale. Like, what's the worst TLC match you've ever seen? It's probably still pretty solid. <laughs> like, you mm. definitely will still watch it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think it needs it, but I'll certainly yeah. take it, especially with these guys. So, which, if it is a
4: TLC match, what are the odds that the Dudley Boys show up oh, no. and are added to this match? Oh no! Like last year again with the Hardy uh, Boys. And they win the tag titles uh, <laughs> time, one last time. Rich, Bubba, <laughs> come on, come on, Beep, poo, coming down. Boom, 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 boom.
0: Come on, Rich, get in the spirit. Despite- oh, you know, that'd be a good, you know. And they do like on these outdoor, uh, or this is an outdoor. That's obviously at the Superdome, but uh, they've gotten pretty firework heavy because now they, they yeah. don't do fireworks any other time, uh, yeah. they like to do them a lot at WrestleMania. But yeah, so one more like just grandiose Dudley Boys explosions all over the place. Yeah, I'm yeah. like okay.
4: Despite yeah. d- 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 uh, despite Bubba Ray retiring like twenty times, <laughs> I saw him retire twice over the past. Like I've like, seen it stuff. twice. I've, I've been in the arena when he's retired twice this year.
0: <laughs> like how many, everyone's gonna have a story. Everyone has seen Bubba Ray retire. Yes. this year. incredible. It's 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 certainly a uh, just like I've seen Shane McMahon jump off a thing too. Like yeah. everybody has seen Jake McMahon, uh, Shane McMahon jump off of a high point We've and seen Bubba
4: Ray retire. <laughs> We've all got one
0: but uh oh god uh, you know what i will be i will prove it only if they wear the tie-dye if they yeah. wear like the tie-dye with the black overalls then i'll approve it if they're in their other you know camo whatever I, I don't want that i want tie-dye black overalls and then i will accept it as mm-hmm. the utilities. god that'd be about what i would assume would happen yeah that's not, <laughs> too, that's not too much out of the wrong possibility uh randy orton bobby Jinder mahal rusev do we really need to talk about that listen rich
4: <laughs> i mean okay today 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 is the first day of passover And a couple thousand years ago, my people, the Jewish people, they were fleeing Egypt. And before them was the Red Sea. And behind them were the Egyptians coming to get them. And peril was at their doorstep. And lo and behold, who steps up to the plate here, saves the day, our boy Moses, bangs down the staff, the Red Sea parts, the Jewish people escape the Egyptians. And now, a little over 2,000 years later, <laughs> here we are again, triple threat match, Orton, Rude, Mahal, we, our wrestling people, are in peril, it's at, their door, it's at our doorsteps, and who is here to save the day, to give us a miracle, but our boy Rusev. That was incredible. That was an, I was, I was, I
0: thought that's where you're going. I just wanted to see where it all went and wove together, but that was, that, that was incredible. And I don't, Uh, I don't disagree. Obviously, you know, I don't have the uh the same background uh, as you, but I, I can see, I mean, in, in terms of, I don't want to relate the exact sort of struggle that, you know, the Jewish people and, and, and me, you know, dealt with in this WrestleMania build. I, I think it's close to equal, maybe a little bit more <laughs> to you, to, to the, to the, you know, the Jewish people's side, but um. Yeah, this is amazing that this match oh. that was just going to be probably rest holds was just going to. I mean, whatever the he- the hell it was going to be, I wanted the troll job where like Randy Orton put you know Jinder Mahal. Or, 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 yeah. So I wanted Randy Orton to put Jinder Mahal or uh, to put Bobby Roode in a side headlock, and then I wanted uh, Jinder Mahal <laughs> to just like grab whatever whatever scenario. I just wanted all three of the men to be in a rest hold for like ten minutes,
4: it and then Randy been, would just get
0: out and hit an RKO, and then just
4: get everybody. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been like. You know, like the uh, the sleeper train they do, like like a, a like a jokey match where like yeah, right, right, one that right, right. puts a sleeper on like eight people have a sleeper on a guy, but that would be like the whole match pretty much. That that's what you would have wanted there, but
0: yeah. yeah but I mean, now we get a lot of people chanting Rusev Day. Thank God, match thank being being totally
4: God. taken over by the crowd. Vince yep. McMahon
0: getting upset. Uh, Michael Cole looting to a bunch of, like, you know, (laughs) I guess Michael Cole wouldn't be doing this call, but Ted Phillips or or Tom Phillips or whatever would be doing, uh, you know, muttering under his breath, a Vince, be like, I don't
3: understand why
4: this person, guy, is so So popular this mania crowd it's got a life of its own yeah right uh, these are your most passionate fans uh, sometimes will, you
0: know kind of beat to their own drum and like, yep. you know, that's definitely gonna be that but i cannot wait because the crowd is totally yeah. gonna take this over and i guess they probably understood this too and that's why russo is being added i mean it makes sense that he's in this match yeah. but it definitely turns this match around 100 percent. i mean this was my least anticipated match oh, yeah. and it's, it's not my most anticipated now but it's certainly risen to to high standards because Everybody in that arena, every single person is going to be cheering for Rusev 100 percent and booing the fuck out of those other guys, and that's going to be
4: incredible. So, yeah. uh, does it matter who wins this one? I don't care. Does it? Uh, it won't be Rusev, I don't think. No, uh, unfortunately, but uh, it doesn't really fucking matter. Who wins this one. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Intercontinental Championship matches. We're talking about secondary titles here. you got The Miz, uh, the new uh, dad, The Miz, defending his title against Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. I'm surprised this one didn't find its way into becoming a ladder or some sort of stuff. And I guess there's obviously still time to do that. But uh, what are your thoughts on The Miz, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor?
4: Uh, This should be a pretty damn good match. I mean, uh, you know, the guys, I think, me personally, I wish they had maybe better things to do than than the IC title, but uh given what we have here i think you know uh seth's gonna bring it finn's gonna bring it you know Miz is always good as you know that the the sneaky heel who's gonna you know try to you know win the match by any means necessary so i think uh this should be a a pretty good match
0: yeah i'm pretty interested to see uh kind of the structure of the match the way it goes and 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 more than anything who probably comes away victorious like this one i'm pretty interested in yeah it's another match where like again it doesn't Fully matter who wins, but I'm, I'm curious because the Miz has had the title for a long time, um, and it feels like it's a good time for either Rollins or Balor. And I, I don't know, yeah. I just like the structure of the match, how it's going to be played out, uh, if anything is added to it, if any gimmicks get added, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think these guys on a big platform could do some really good stuff. And if there's anybody that had to do a triple threat match, I kind of like these guys in it because I think F- Balor's pretty good at, at, at incorporating that Seth yeah. Rollins. We've seen him in, in, in triple threat matches before, and he's very good at it. And the Miz is great too because he can kind of be that chicken shit that breaks up pinfalls and, yeah. and just acts like an asshole the entire. <laughs> time and everybody <laughs> just wants to see him lose so I'm pretty excited about this match I mean notwithstanding the fact that I would prefer you know a singles match this is as good as a triple threat I think you're going to get on this yeah you know, on, in this roster so I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where this all goes yeah
4: now I wonder again are we getting regular Finn or demon Finn? because this is a yeah. mania yeah this is a mania and you know entrances are a big thing here do they do the big Crazy cinematic demon fit entrance, which admittedly would be pretty fucking cool, I think, to see. But up until now, it, it's only been regular Finn in this, you know, in this uh, in build up here. And it's been reg- regular Finn for a while now, too. So that's
0: what I was going to say. Yeah, they seemed to like they, they got kind of demon crazy there for a while. <laughs> it was yeah, like pay per view who's the demon. Yeah. And they've gotten over it a little bit but like you said it is it is WrestleMania it is the granddaddy of them all it's the show of shows so they haven't really in the build I don't know have you sensed any idea that he's coming in the build or uh not really i, no. I haven't either yeah and that's why i'm kind of curious like it's it would seem very out of nowhere if he just came out as the demon yeah. so i, I hope because i i like the demon really being reserved for like okay this is a blood feud i really need to win this match or whatever yeah. i don't know if this one's quite at that level so i would hope they don't do that and they really save the demon for for something special but uh yeah the, it might be just being wrestlemania it might be enough for for you know the demon to come out or whatever but yeah. uh yeah i haven't felt that in the build either so i i, no. I kind of hope it doesn't um not happen there. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, I guess we'll talk about the, this other tag match here before we get to kind of the big titles. Uh, we got Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Andrew, what have you thought about this build? And more importantly, what have you thought of Ronda Rousey so far in the WWE?
4: Uh, this is another one where I'm I'm morbidly curious as to see what goes on here, because they've run some packages of Ronda training and telling her story, which it's always great to see You know, people tell their stories. Like we said with you know Ali and Alexander, um, I'm just hesitant as to how she'll do because you know uh, we've seen athletes in the past train and and tr- have a match on a big show. Playing, you know, LT, of course, being a big one for Mania, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just, I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how she does because she we've seen clips of her like you know hit a few moves and hit a few, you know, you know uh, takedowns and, and whatever. But there's a difference, a difference between that and actually wrestling a match. And, you know, I, as, as bland as he can be, as, as unwavering he can, as he can be in the face of, you know, poor crowd reactions, I, I do trust Triple H to help guide the match. Uh, because Lord knows Kurt Angle. God bless him. He's not exactly in, like, fighting shape. Uh, but I mean, Triple H, he's managed to keep himself in good shape. Stephanie, again, I mean, she's not really a wrestler anymore, but I think she'll be able to do whatever she can do. But yeah, I mean, again, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's going to be weird to see yeah i I almost wonder
0: and and of course this was never gonna happen in a million years but that rousey would be in the ring with maybe a little bit more of an experienced women's wrestler like i have no doubt that triple h is going to sort of carry the match and 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 get to go where they need to go and and he's great at doing that or whatnot he's maybe not always the most exciting wrestler in the world but as far as like structure and whatnot and like these big spectacle matches i think he does a pretty good job yeah so so i have no doubt that that's going to go well but he's going to be primarily in the ring with kurt angle or whatever and it's not like you know the issue is just rousey out there i i just don't know i mean what's is is not yeah, I mean, she's fine. She's okay at doing what she does, but I mean, this is a like a first match for yeah. Ryan Rousey, and and we've seen her succumb to you know big moments too. We've seen her you know, the first time she was out at the Royal Rumble, the first time at Raw. Like yeah. I, these are the, she's prone to be kind of be overwhelmed at times by mm. stuff. Now she's gonna walk out in front of seventy thousand people in her first match. I mean, it's it's a lot to ask of her. So I, yeah. I I know there's gonna be a ton of smoke and mirrors, but even that, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. It's gonna be tough. Like I think. I don't know how long you can get by on like Stephanie charges her hip toss. Like Stephanie does this. She grabs her arm. Like you can do that for a little bit, but at some point you're going to have to just like get down and, and, and and actually do a little bit of wrestling. And I don't know that, you know, she's going to have anybody to do that with in in the ring with with Stephanie. So I I don't know. It's very, very curious how this thing goes down.
4: Yeah. I'm sure Steph will sell the hell out of her, you know, sell the hell out of it for her, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see. Uh, in front of that crowd
0: yeah how do you think the crowd reacts because i've i've kind of had some arguments with people because i i don't know that wrestling fans are all on board with this quite now i think you're gonna have your segment of fans your casuals or whatever who are, who are like oh cool ronda rousey but i feel like by and large most wrestling fans aren't really into this all that much there's kind of a cultish thing going on with wrestling yeah. fans like the people that kind of come up and and especially these you know current fans and especially the fans that are coming wrestling in a weekend we I, I think a lot of those fans are gonna you know obviously Dan- Brian's gonna be huge I mean you're Cedric Alexander Mustafa yeah. Ali's like those sort of those are people that a lot of people are attracted to these guys have kind of come up and, and sort of come from nothing and, and 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 gotten to this point And it's not like Rousey hasn't busted her ass but I think there's a certain I don't know certain tenor around her that like she just got this because of what she was before and I don't know that she's yeah. you know that the, she quite
4: earned it I don't know where, where do you see the crowd going because I see They're, them being uh, not very receptive to her same same my thinking is there may be a bit more scrutiny on her from the wrestling fans, because this isn't a one-time thing. This is Rhonda's coming in as a new member of the roster. And if, if she can't go here, then, or not go, but you know, if she doesn't live up to the expectations, then they may you know, turn on her. A bit, I think, and may, they may not accept her uh, as easily uh, down the line here, um, as opposed to if this was just a one-time thing and they would be a bit more forgiving, I think. But yeah, I, I, mania crowds are like we said uh the most passionate fans in the world but uh <laughs> bizarre world yeah. yeah but yeah uh we'll see uh maybe it'll be uh, maybe it'll be fine maybe they will give it the benefit of the doubt but likely i think uh it, it could not be as 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 nice as it could be perhaps
0: yeah i'm i'm pretty fascinated to see how how it all kind of goes down um yeah. And how the crowd reacts, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's going to be a lot of hard work from Triple H and, and Angle to try to get it all together. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, Angle is not what Angle used to be. No, so, no, no. So I don't know. It's it's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I I, I I'm certain that they've just you know got a pretty good plan together. Yeah, uh, it's just going to be a matter of how the crowd sort of reacts to that plan and if it maybe gets a little too long in the tooth and whatnot, which Triple H is uh unfortunately a little prone to doing it at WrestleMania. This is going a little bit longer yeah. than it needs doing and, and sucking yeah. the crowd out of his matches. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But definitely pretty fascinating there. Um. It, Real quickly on on that match, do you, any chance that it goes on last? I know that's been it was a conversation for some people. I, I think you know the match we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I believe is going to go last, but but mm. any any even small modicum of a chance that that Angle and Rousey
4: versus Triple H and Stephanie goes on last? Uh, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the match you're thinking of that's going to go on last because um, of who's in the match and what they're trying to do with that guy. But uh, yeah, I think this match uh, will be. Towards the top, but not the very top.
0: Of course, the match you're talking about is AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're trying to make Nakamura an international superstar. So yeah. I get what you're going there. Nice tease. <laughs> but, uh, so AJ Styles, uh, the champion defending against Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, again, like we go over the card, you kind of list the matches and whatnot. It's like it's fucking AJ Styles versus yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania for the championship. Like, what the fuck? Like, that should, yeah. be, way, that should be a way bigger deal. Because these yeah. guys are awesome. And they've had great matches together. Do you think, yeah. so obviously Nakamura has been, you know, the hit. And miss in WWE a little bit more miss than hit sometimes, but uh, do you think this is one where he puts it all together? And and you know he could really pretty much just lift the Styles matches they had prior, and and no one really know or care. But uh, where do where do you see this match going? Do you think it lives up uh, to the to the lofty standards, or do you think it's one that maybe disappoints when it's all said and done?
4: Uh, I think it'll live up to it. I think it'll live up to it. Given, I mean, I know AJ the injury thing is kind of a question. Although last, funny enough, the last time they wrestled together at Wrestle Kingdom. AJ was kind of going into it with a back injury. Yeah, a back yeah, shot. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah. So I think given AJ Styles uh, and his propensity for being a fucking awesome wrestler, given Nakamura and his abilities in the big time moments, I think these two are going to have magic once again, um, despite any injuries uh, for AJ and um, despite any past uh, disappointments from Nakamura. So I think this, this should be, again, pretty – a pre damn fine match. Yeah,
0: just- and I'm right with you as well because I think one of the things that's going to be important about this is, is obviously, you know, Nakamura is against AJ Styles, and that's, you know, a Styles is, as you said, a fucking incredible wrestler. Yeah. And Nakamura is going to have the crowd on his side too. So it's like, it can be a match where they 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 do a lot of what they did in New Japan. I mean, if you go back and watch that Styles Nakamura in New Japan match, there was a lot of the Wrestle Kingdom match we're, we're talking about. There was a lot of back and forth, but there was also a lot of like guys standing around doing funny things, but <laughs> the crowd ate it all up because they were yeah. so into Nakamura and they were so into Styles or whatever. And I can see a similar situation here where like they don't have to do a shit ton. They don't have to have an incredible back and forth kick out of everybody's finisher 15 times match to get the crowd way invested in them and way, way into them. Cause I think people know, Hey, this is a match that's happened before. There's a little bit of, you know, backstory to this. And it's just two guys that I think the crowds gonna be super invested in. So yeah, I think, I think you can get by on not having just a crazy, incredible match, but they can also have a crazy, incredible match. too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see where this goes, but I think more than anything, it's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to hopefully erase a lot of the, uh, the, the, Bad memories we've had of Nakamura so yeah. far in WWE yeah. and whatnot, and, <laughs> and really just kind of charted a new path, hopefully, for him. As far as the uh, the actual result of the match, obviously Styles the champion coming in. Nakamura won the Royal Rumble, going for the title. Uh who do you have winning? Do you have Styles retaining or do you think Nakamura this is kind of his crowning achievement
4: moment? I got Nakamura uh finally you know, getting that big stamp on the main roster and finally, you know, uh getting that run, uh, cause he's a, a pretty big star and he should, you know. I think he, he should get this moment here to really, you know, cement him as that big star here because uh, AJ, you know, he's had the title for a while now and he can obviously they can give him the belt again anytime they want to. But I think Nakamura, for the first time, give this to him in, on the stage and ma- make it right, I think absolutely and we,
0: and we know that they obviously like to throw a few curveballs at Wrestlemania and stuff and yeah. not have everybody win new titles or whatnot but I think with, with such a long show that you can have the Styles Nakamura go on you know in the second hour or whatever yeah. Nakamura can have that big moment and then when the main event happens and we all kind of assume what's going to happen with the main event it won't seem like the whole show was a bunch of crowning achievement you know type matches or whatnot because it's going to be longer and you're going to have a you know a three or four hour gap between those happening so I think there's a good way to structure this because I think some people are sort of picking AJ because they're thinking well geez you can't crown Nakamura you can't crown Rowan. R- You can't crown because you're trying to crown all these new champions or whatnot. Like Oscar, and and, but I agree. Like I don't really give a shit. Like it doesn't matter. I know. I know that they might think that that's too many title changes, but I think you can space everything out where it's not going to feel like match after match is a crowning achievement. But again, I don't really give a shit. You should have crowning achievements. This whole show, WrestleMania, exactly. I'm the biggest show of the year. I'm a hundred percent with you. I don't care if everybody that wins holds the title up and fireworks go on behind them. I I think that's perfectly okay, and that should. Be exactly what the show is, but uh, the main events, uh, which we kind of alluded to here in a little bit, and I believe actually what you were teasing. I'm, I'm now finding out that you were not teasing <laughs> Nakamura on the match you think is going to go. Got me, you I, got I, me, Rachel. you're a tricky one, Rich. <laughs> I think I got it. But uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, the champion, defending against Roman Reigns, obviously for the Universal Championship. Um, what have you thought of the build of this? Because it's been it's been interesting. Uh, obviously, it started off with them really. Trying to get Brock booed by saying that Brock doesn't care and he wants to move away and he wants to go do other things, a la WrestleMania 20. Trying to kind of get a little bit of that, you know, stoked up and 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 going. Uh, And Roman Reigns is the guy that's always here and he's the you know the company man and you should root for him. That's kind of what started. It's kind of gone in a different direction what if you make of the bill that has kind of gone on now where they seem like they're just kind of more organically just saying hey whatever dude yeah. like we'll just have Leslie <laughs> out there and beat the fuck out of him. yeah if hey, people cheer him, they cheer him. if they don't they don't like we'll see how it goes or you know maybe everybody boos roman whatever but it was weird because they started a few weeks really trying to get on the roman train and really trying to get him over didn't quite work and i think now they're just like whatever whatever happens happens and we'll just kind of deal with it
4: yeah that whole first part where it's like you know brock doesn't want to play ball but roman's the company man and You know, he's here every single week. I mean, no one's believing that, but, or, you know, no one's really cares about that. But again, organic things that are, that make sense and are simple. Brock has the title. Roman wants it. They're going to be the shit of each other for the belts and they hate each other. So just do that. Just, just make it like that. So uh, I think the second half of this, where Brock has just been beating up Roman left and right and, Fiving him on the steel steps and, and whatnot and, and beating him up while he's handcuffed or and whatever. I think that that works a lot better to build a match than the previous stuff does in this day and age, at least, because I think people respond better to the more organic stuff anyway, as opposed to the old, uh, other stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm right with you uh, on that, and and I think the build's been other, otherwise. Other than like a few little criticisms about how I don't think the build at the beginning was was quite great, or I didn't know it wasn't that I didn't think it was good. I think I guess I thought I, I enjoyed the story they were trying to tell, and I still do enjoy the story they're trying to tell. I think all overall, it's been a very good build, even if it may not go how they want it to go. I yeah. still can respect the, the, the story that's being told because I think in general, like if you if you just sign and say, "Hey, this is the story they're telling," and I don't know what the end result's going to be, or I don't really quite know what they're going for. I think it's been a very very good story here because you got Brock, you know, who's very rarely shows up, shows up just for the big moments. Roman kind of calls him out and whatnot, so there's been a lot of fun stuff with that. So so I'm I'm excited to see the match and, yeah. and I hope it's going to be pretty good. I mean, the last time these guys had a big time WrestleMania main event match, it was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the, arguably I I would say the best match of Roman Reigns' career, and I think you know the crowd's going to be super hot for it. They're probably going to be booing Roman and. And cheering Brock, but uh, it, it's probably not going to matter because I think Roman Reigns is going to win. Yep. And I think everybody in the world, I think if you're betting, you, you would sort of you'd go with Roman Reigns. I think, Andrew, is there any doubt in your mind that, that Roman Reigns, is there even like a 1% chance that Brock Lesnar wins this match and comes away?
4: Uh, no, I think this is once again, Roman's time to shine. The Roman
0: Empire has to Yes.
4: <laughs> For <laughs> the league. big dog conquers the monster. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, there's been a lot of uh, rumors and whatnot about you know potential heel turns, all this sort of stuff. Do you see any of that going on, or do you think Roman just, you know, Superman punches him, spears him, and, and just gets the win and holds the title while fireworks go off? Like, is, do you uh, think there's any, you know, shenanigans that are going to happen?
4: I think more likely the latter. I think, you know, just regular old, uh, you know, come back, come from behind, conquer the beast, and that, that kind of stuff. Um, it's sort of like a, i don't know if make good's the right word but sort of like a what should have happened quote unquote at 30 uh at 31 the last time they faced each other here at mania so i think it'll be again Ro- uh roman beating not not again but you know finally roman beats brock on the big stage and right. gets the title reign and we'll see how long this one lasts because they don't uh they don't last too long these roman title reigns but uh I think uh, you well, know gotta, you
0: got to build the next WrestleMania. When yeah,
4: on yeah. the Roman Empire can begin. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, crowd reactions be damned uh, for Vince McMahon. Uh, you know he wants he wants to give it to Roman, so he'll give it to Roman. I think. Uh, and then the one
0: match we did not mention because it's not officially announced, but I really hope that they do it because it'd be a real <laughs> big bait and switch. If they didn't do it, uh, John Cena versus the.